Blog Talk Radio. From the IMLD Home Studio, in its seventh season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Yeah, the football party is back in full effect. Ignore our records for the season. Ignore that. Don't don't pay attention to our actual records. We're back picking the games, and we're having fun, and that's what really counts unless you're actually betting money on our picks, in, in which case I apologize. But we are back tonight, the full show, the full two hours, the whole thing, the whole enchilada. We are live. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast, and we are here with you live on a Saturday night, October the 12th, 2019. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Jay is back from vacation. The whole show is back. Two hours of football talk uh, covering whatever happened last weekend, maybe a little bit of the weekend before that. Jason's ready. I was talking to him a little bit before the show. He he caught up with some football last week during his vacation, and he's ready to go, and he doesn't have to spend a whole lot of time uh, talking about his vacation. He doesn't have to spend a whole hour on it like I do. So, Jason, welcome back. How was your trip? It, it was outstanding. It's it's good to be back. I was uh, in New Mexico for a week, and just the way that the schedule lined up, leaving on Thursday and not getting home until for, uh, Wednesday of this past this week here, uh, just didn't line up for us to do a show. And uh, it was it was hard, uh, you know, not not getting all the picks out there. But after seeing the picks that we made, kind of kind of glad that was a good week to skip. That was probably the worst combined week we've had all season. We're, we've had a very uneven year, but it's usually one of us still manages to do okay. Uh, not where both of us post six win six win weeks. I, I was pulling, I was pulling for the, uh, I was pulling for the Browns on Monday night. Cause that would have given me another uh, two picks over you and extended my lead, which sounds weird because it feels like forever on this show since I've had a lead over you, but I'll, I'll still enjoy, I'll still enjoy the lead that I have. Yeah. You're up two games. It's uh it's been a, a rough season for, for both of us. You're five games under 500 at 36 and 41, and I'm rougher than that. I'm uh, nine games under 500 at 34 and 43. So, yeah, it's it's been tough. Uh, it can only go up from here. At least I certainly hope so. Yeah, and we uh, experienced the only drama we had last week was, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not looking at the picks that we had. I'm just looking at my picks. Um I believe last week was one of the first times this year where we both crapped on each other's lock. Right. And uh, that didn't work out for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those where, uh, yeah, we both have our lock of the week and the other person goes completely the other way. And uh, we did it to each other on both games. And I, I had the uh, Raiders. Oh, no, I had, the, I had Houston over Atlanta. Right. And you had the Bears over the Raiders. But I had the yeah. Raiders and you had the Falcons. And. Um, uh, Houston ended up 
in a what was a closer game than the score indicated. And uh, Houston ended up beating the Falcons in the last about four minutes of that game by three touchdowns. And right. uh, the Bear and all oh, the Bears. Oh my! I don't know how you do that. Is the is the Chase Daniel love starting to <laughs> die down a little bit? Because we know Chicago, right? We know that city, and and it's the. It's the very it's the city of very weak shoulders when it comes to backup quarterbacks in that city because there's always this love affair with backups and oh boy you go to London and you lose to Murga and the Raiders like oh, that that's a bad look. Yeah, make sure you specify the Chase Daniel love would be in Chicago. Don't don't put that on me as one of the hosts of the show. That's not me. There <laughs> no, was I... never any Chase Daniel love coming from me. Trust. me. Yeah, that means the Raiders got up early in that game, and uh, the Bears the Bears tried. I mean, they made a valiant effort in the second half to come back and make that make that close. But you know, when the Raiders all of a sudden, first thing you know, it's like, boom, thirteen nothing. It's like, ooh, ooh boy. And uh, not realizing until one point during the middle of the day on Sunday, when I had pulled out my phone and gone onto the blog site to see our picks. Uh, I saw the underline for you for the Bears. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I like how this is going. Um, but, yeah. yeah, not too many highlights for us last week. My my big highlight, of course, was my vacation, uh, being out in New Mexico, going out to Albuquerque and Santa Fe to the uh, International Balloon Fiesta, the largest balloon festival in the world. It's, it, it makes the news. Uh it's a big deal out there, and you know we have a we have a little balloon rally that, that happens here in the city I live in once a year. And what we were at pretty much ruined balloon rallies for me. It's like <laughs> it's like the way that Memphis and Corky's have ruined ribs, where that's like the only true way to experience it. When, you know, after going to that balloon rally, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I live six blocks away from where we have one here in town. So I'm sure we'll go because it's one of our favorite events in our area, but it just won't feel the same after, <laughs> after the experience of uh, just hundreds of balloons and felt like a mile long worth of vendors and beer tents and food. And it was just, it, it was, it was a lot. And uh, we started off that day on Sunday uh, going up on our very own uh, hot air balloon ride as part of like a tour group. And I was. You ever scared. been up on a balloon before? I don't like to fly. I don't. I'm not a flying. Ah, I don't yeah, mind tall. That's, that's I don't. Right. See, I don't mind tall buildings. You know, growing up in Chicago, it was no big deal going up in the Hancock or in the Sears Tower. It's like you're just you're standing on something. Um, being in a hot air balloon actually felt just like that. If you just put it out of your mind that six inches below your feet is certain death. <laughs> And you just enjoy the ride, and which isn't, you know, it's, they go up and they'll only go up in calm winds and calm weather. And right. it was, uh, it was very, it was a, it was unique. I'm sure you've seen the pictures. Um, my, mm-hmm. my wife posts all the pictures, and you know, you're you're in Albuquerque, and you're flying over the Rio Grande River. Uh, you're in the part of the country though where you're not worried about like anybody running across the river or dying drowning in the river because you're farther inland. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Um, that's good. Get the yeah. mountains, the river, and uh, yeah, it, it was one. It was one experience. It was beautiful, crisp morning, fall morning. But you know, the wet weather out there is so different what, than what you and I have become accustomed to. Even for you, where you're in a warm climate, but you're in a humid climate. 
And I remember the night that we were at the balloon festival and we were, we had been walking and walking. I mean, we must have walked, felt like we were in Vegas again. You know, I was, I must've walked eight miles that day. Easy. And we like, let's just sit down. We sit down on the grass. I pull up my phone. I was curious what the weather was. And it was 77 degrees with 9% humidity. So dry heat. It was very, it was just, it was just perfect. You you didn't sweat. Uh, It took me also about two days to realize that we're out in this 80 degree weather. And all of a sudden I look at my wife and I was like, there's no bugs here. Hmm. No, no mosquitoes. None of that. I didn't need bug spray, even though we brought some, didn't, didn't need it. Needed sunscreen. Um, We probably went a week without seeing clouds. Wow. Because you're out in the desert, in the high desert, and you know there was a little fog the one morning, and other than that, we pretty much didn't start seeing any clouds until we were driving home. But yeah, perfect weather, great event. I'm just dead tired from driving day and a half there, day and a half home, and then having all the vacation in between. And when we vacation, we vacation kind of hard. I mean, we don't we don't take a lot of breaks. We don't get a lot of sleep. You know, you're on vacation. You kind of want to take it all in. I'm sure you remember that from from Vegas, you know. Yes, I'm still recovering from trying to run yeah. around with you. Yeah, that was only three. That was only four years ago, almost now. But yeah, I'm still yeah trying to get my knees back from from all of that walking. Yeah. So that's a that's about where I am right now. Made the huge mistake of coming back from vacation and going right back to work the next day. So Ooh. I'm right in the middle of my yeah. So I'm in the middle of my work week now, trying to make the make the glide down here to Tuesday so I can, you know, I've already announced to anybody who wants to hear it, that I am doing nothing. I am not doing a goddamn thing <laughs> on Tuesday on my first day off. Um, that is my day to do nothing. My wife had that day today. She had the, like the relaxed day today, you know, yeah. didn't have to leave. didn't have to really go anywhere. Didn't have any major pressing stuff. She's like, I'm not even doing laundry. I mean, yeah, that's going to be me on Wednesday. I'll pick back up and, you know, get back on to doing some house stuff and doing my laundry. But yeah, Tuesday is just going to be my day. I'm going to be ass firmly planted on the couch, you know, watching TV or, or napping, just nothing for seven hours while my kids are at school. It's just going to be me and my thoughts. That's the way it should be. Yeah, that's the real of... vacation. That's the vac- you come yes. home from vacation to, you know, yeah, going back to work these last few days has felt, felt has been relaxing. Uh, after vacation, but yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade that. That was. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That's a lot of once in a lifetime type, type stuff, you know. Sure. So no, it was good. I uh, I know we weren't able to squeeze in a show, um, but we did. We've had week four and week five um, happen since our last show. Um, so it, it, you know, we could not sure what direction we want to go here. We don't really game plan this out, um, but we've had some. You know, I obviously in week four was that was the week I uh, did a little better than you and picked up the couple of games from you. I ended up actually, I think that was I picked up three games from you in week four. That's right. You went eight and seven to my five and ten in week four. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, so eight and seven feels great after the way some of these <laughs> weeks have been going this year. So that that was the one good week, and it was really sad for me was knowing I wasn't going to be here for the week five show to rub it in. <laughs> And yeah, you get to uh, display your geniusness about Chicago specifically because I'm looking at week four, and what's what jumps out to me is that your lock of the week in that week was Chicago over Minnesota, and I had sure. the Vikings. 
uh, and the Bears just smother and stifle Kirk Cousins and the Vikings in that game and win it 16-6. to So then I think, hey, if they did that to a halfway decent team in the Vikings, what are they going to do to the Raiders over there in London? So I lock up Chicago last week, and they completely lay a turd on the middle of the field. <laughs> you, 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 you did a little mini move there where, where you, you, you catch on to something right as I just hit, hit here, hold the reins. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you, and you and you picked the Raiders uh, in that game to cover the five points. So I'm not going to uh, interrogate you on all your picks in week four or week five, but on that one, I I need an explanation for how you could see the Bears as a lock against the Minnesota Vikings and then go and take the Raiders against the Bears the very next week in London. Okay, so we when we made the week four picks, I was very firmly on record as stating that this was the – Kirk Cousins against a winning team. Like, I mean, if you bet against Kirk Cousins when he's playing against a team with a winning record, I believe you're coming home at about 75% right now, maybe higher. So that's, that's a safe bet. And it feels pretty safe. And that Vikings team showed, didn't show up at all in that game against no. the bears. Even, even with chase Daniel, I then flipped around and was like, well, okay. Kirk Cousins is, you know, Kirk Cousins, Cousins is going to cousin. And now they're going to London. They just whipped the Vikings and here come the, and, and the Raiders uh, look pretty good, uh, you know, overlooked in that week four win over the Colts. Yes. You know, because nobody was really looking at that, but the Raiders, that was the one that you and I were both, uh, we were both on that one. Not just that, but not overlooked by me because the Raiders were my lock because yes. I thought going into Indy, you know, they, that was their chance. That was their one yeah. chance to have a really good outing. Uh, Indy's no great shakes. They're on the turf, so the Raiders could open up and use their speed. Uh, and and the schedule after that is so daunting. I just thought they were they were going to go to hell right after that. But I said, hey, this is it. This is their chance. And sure <laughs> enough, they came through as, as seven-point dogs with a straight-up yeah. win. So, yeah, we were both all over that. Yeah, so then the Raiders going to London with the Bears as a five-point dog. I, I had a – I had the weird feeling these London games to me feel like the second Monday night game <laughs> where you just want to sort of go the opposite of whatever your gut instincts would be. And I sort of played that hunch, uh, making that pick, you know, and it was funny because I'm texting you, I'm sending you my picks. Basically I put them into the notes on my phone, I think, and just screenshotted it and sent it to you. Yeah. And I was actually sitting in a casino with a sports book out in Albuquerque or Santa Fe. It was, you find out in New Mexico that Albuquerque and Santa Fe are only about 45 minutes apart. They're really close to each other. Um, so there's like a bunch of casinos and two or three in Santa Fe. And there's like another five down at Albuquerque. And I'm at one of the casinos and sure shit, they've got a sports book up on the wall, like a miniature version of the ones, not, not as big as the ones we were in in Vegas. Yeah. But there's all the lines and I see the bears, uh, I see the Bears giving five um, out in London. It just it felt like too much, and uh, I didn't make my pick watch picks last week, so I don't I didn't really force myself to pick straight up. I don't know if I would have had the balls to pick the Raiders straight, but I, I, I definitely saw them staying and, and hanging a little bit more tough with the Bears going. And this game, if this game was in Chicago, I'd probably you know I think the line might have even been bigger. Oh yeah, but 
Oh, yeah. The Raiders are Probably kind double of a, digits. I mean, the Raiders are a sneaky, what, three and two right now? <laughs> Very sneaky, yes. They have I a mean, record. The Raiders are three and two. I mean, just just let that soak in for a minute. It just sounds weird saying it. Now, look, they were one and two a few weeks ago, so let's yeah. not go too crazy. Yeah. But, but, you know, beating Indy, Indy is not a pushover. We saw that um, on Sunday night last week. They went yeah, what they did to the Chiefs. Yeah, so you know sometimes you need to see things with a little bit. You need to stand back a little bit more and look at a team. You know, like 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 Baltimore, you know, or any of these teams who've played the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> and you see what these teams have done to the Dolphins, and then you see now what they're doing against real competition. You're like, oh, okay. I guess I guess Lamar Jackson. I guess the I guess the Patrick Mahomes comparisons can stop now. You mean he's not going to be the league MVP? I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be the league MVP. He will be a better than oh. average NFL pro quarterback, but he's become a bit exposed here. Um, and the Ravens are really lucky to not be two and three right now. Hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people saw that coming too. Uh, yeah, that, I that don't think unbelievable start. I, I, yeah, I, I crap. I was crapping all over it after the first week. And I was chiming in with my uh, fantasy league and the guy that was just desperately mm-hmm. trying to get rid of Lamar Jackson after his first three weeks because he knew yeah. <laughs> he mm-hmm. knew that wasn't going to last. So so yeah so that's so you so that's sort of the where I was coming from making making those picks and obviously I knew you weren't waiting for me to bring up some you know. PFF stats or anything like that. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I do pick a lot more on, on, on feel and, and instinct. And sometimes you got to go against what looks to be obvious. And I just, I did not have a feel for the bears with chase Daniel in a, I, I, I thought they did about as good as they could do against the Vikings with him. That was a, an optimal game. Yes. Yeah, and there was no way that traveling overseas um, with a weird start time and against a Raiders team that they can put up some points, and they put 24 up on the Bears. You clearly did not see the same Bears defense against the Raiders over in London as you saw against the Vikings. But it's also the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, who is contractually obligated to not be good teams. Yeah, I had forgotten that was your rationale for that Bears-Vikings game. It was very simple. Is Kirk Cousins playing a team with a winning record? Yes, he is. <laughs> then that means it's a lock of the week. You know, I was tempted to do it again, but I just didn't want to keep going to the well. Uh, that, that's the one thing I can definitely uh, be happy about is that I don't have to worry about a lock of the week this week because that's already covered on Thursday, yeah, so I'm yeah, done with that. Yeah, that was a good – that was a good move because um, as I've now, you know, I didn't make my picks for the week until tonight. And after I, as I looked up and down the list, I'm like, yeah, you, you got the one. <laughs> yeah. It's it right. it kind of rough. I've got a lock uh, of course, cause I have to have a lock We're we're technically tied in the locks. You being now one up on me without, you know, with a pending pick here from me for week four. Yeah, but I'm a half game ahead of you in the standings. You're a half a guess. You're a half game <laughs> up in the standings. But I, I was tempted to, uh, I was tempted to lock up the Eagles this week because, you know, not to give away a pick, but yeah, it's, the Eagles have a winning record. They're <laughs> three and two. Uh, <laughs> I'd say that Kirk Cousins only got about a twenty percent chance of winning this game. Man, well, 
Uh, we'll is, clearly be getting to boy, that, that later this is, on. This is this isn't like Scott Mitchell contract bad, but boy, is it getting there. <laughs> Is getting there. That's a it, Hall of Infamy uh, candidate in the future, right there. Oh, Scott Scott Mitchell <laughs> with the pillow shoved in his uh, <laughs> shirt, pretending to be Wayne Fonts giving Christmas presents to handicapped kids. Oh man, <laughs> with the cigar. Yeah, that's not a good. That would be the picture, you know. It's oh, Scott yeah. Mitchell's Hall of Fame, and it would be the still image of him. Actually, man, that, that that's his bust. So <laughs> him with a pillow in his shirt. That, that's the bust. Pretend, yeah, making fun of his coach, who's basically doing things to give to charity. G- good move, yeah. Scott. Nice guy. Real solid, uh, solid here. Yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing with the football hall of infamy. The, the 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 just the quality that's still out there that hasn't even made it in yet. Man, if we really put our minds to it and think about it, there's some things that we probably have never even considered. You know, um, I don't know if you've seen, uh, I've seen it because I'm following NFL on Twitter. They decided to get bored and release some list of the top 100 characters in NFL history. And half that list is probably actual real Hall of Famers, making them ineligible for our list. But some of them are not. Some of them are, uh, a couple of them are on my future list. A couple oh, of them okay. are already in, and there's a lot of ideas to be mined there. there. There's a lot of guys on that list. I go, oh yeah, he was, yeah, he really was a character. I'd forgotten about him. So yeah, that's quite the list to check out. There, there, there's some future inductees on that yeah. list, trust me. And I'm sure if we compared our list to theirs, there's probably a few that we have that they forgot. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot as far as especially on my end. A lot of guys that they don't ever want to remember and will never yeah, acknowledge. Yeah, the memory hole. Yeah, the, the, those are the memory you, hole guys. You will never hear Aaron Hernandez's name spoken on NFL Network, I don't think, ooh, uh, ooh. ever again. Yeah, ooh, right, ooh. him. The same as Chris Benoit on WWE Network. You won't yeah. You won't hear his name spoken. Yeah, no, I had some – I had I definitely in that eight-win and, eight and, eight week, eight-and-whatever, eight-and-six, eight-and-seven-week that I had there back in – in week four. No, I had some wins I was proud of uh, on the ones that, you know, I had uh, you know, Jacksonville goes to Denver was, it pulls off a little more Minshew mania. Oh, um, God. Very, I was very proud of the Saints um, holding off the Cowboys on that Sunday night in an, a, a horrible game to watch. Yeah, 12 to 10. The, the that, Saints, yeah, uh, the four field goals for the, the four field goal. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater just game managing and game managing, but then he goes last week and he wins again. And the Saints are 3 and 0. No quarterback controversy, though, in, in New Orleans. But <laughs> no, I don't think we, so. We do, we do forget about that the Saints have a, a good defense. They're not great, but they're good. And uh, the Cowboys, a couple shaky uh, outings here the last couple of weeks against the Saints and the Packers. Yeah, that's a story. Uh, the New Orleans story is interesting as well because uh, Teddy Bridgewater got it done a couple of different ways in, the, in these two wins in which I didn't pick him in either game. So clearly I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but at least I observed how he, he did it. He'd been, like you said, game managing, and, and uh, uh, I think Roto World was referring to him as Teddy Checkdown. Um, oh, no. Especially, <laughs> especially in that uh, win over Dallas. And then he just decided to open it up last week and start throwing uh, downfield and start throwing 20 and 30 yard bombs and hooking up with this, this Michael Thomas receiver, this guy who's, who's kind of pretty good. good. 
Yeah. And you but might want to do that him. against the Bucks. Uh, yeah, well, he, but he maybe could do that against other teams, just didn't have the confidence. And finally, they opened it up a little bit and, and let him go and, and see what he can do. And he actually performs well going downfield. So that's almost like a whole new world now that you have to consider Teddy Bridgewater may actually be able to open it up and, and get it done downfield if you need him to. And that that makes things totally different when you're judging the Saints. Uh, I didn't think he was capable of it at all. Uh, but he certainly showed last week. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is going to wilt under a team that can bring consistent pressure. Uh, He holds on to the football too long, and he's got one of the slowest wind-ups and deliveries in all of football. It's almost painfully slow, but he's accurate. He he, he clearly could make all the throws, Um, but I think if a team can bring consistent pass pressure on Teddy Bridgewater, like if you can bring it against any quarterback, but he's also not the most mobile guy. And I remember when we, I remember when we uh, talked about Bridgewater during the draft, the, the offense that I took of, of people knocking him as a pocket passer, which I had was, which I completely, you know, I'm not the guy to go there, but I completely said that 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 was, you know, all race figured because nobody complains about the white guy who stands in the pocket and, can deliver the ball down the field. So the, it was like, oh, right, wait, he's, he's, black and, he's black and he can't run. So, oh, he must be bad. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, it, there's there's nothing wrong with a, a guy who can, you know, stand in the pocket and uh, get the ball out of there and deliver. There's pl- plenty of quarterbacks and uh, teams who probably wish they had a guy like that now. Little, so all, all these guys who just run around um, don't always make the best decisions, especially yeah, if they're just like one the one read guys are the worst. Right. Yeah. That, that's what you're talking about is the Byron left, which uh, corollary, if you will, uh, yeah. where you got a black guy that's not mobile and everyone assumes that he can't, can't really play. And that's not the case at all. He's just a quarterback. That's not mobile. It, like you said, no one ever said that about Brad Johnson. He's just, he was just a quarterback yeah. who played. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe, <laughs> I mean, we, we, yeah. you know, we we talk we go back through history. There's probably some of these guys that are in the league right now. Joe Flacco, you mm-hmm. know, Joe Flacco's not mobile, <laughs> not at all. And, and we've got the new the, the new black quarterback that that can't move and is going to be uh, presumed to be a bust is already in development in, in Washington in Dwayne Haskins. So we're going to have some more of that coming up. That but that whole organization is just a dumpster fire right now. And has been for years. So we don't know. I mean, Haskins could be one of these guys who gets the second look. Maybe he just needs to move on. And, you know, once he gets that second look, because clearly there's, there's some, there's talent there. He, he just might be the guy who needs the change of scenery. Um, He's big and he's strong and he could make all, no, I'm just saying that that organization will ruin him. Yeah. I don't care that he just got there. They're not going to figure this out. Do you trust Daniel Snyder or whoever the hell oh. is running this show to get the right coach and figure this out and put the right people in place around Dwayne Haskins? No, he and Bruce Allen have absolutely right. no idea what they're doing. So right, basically, this, this the, it's going to be the eighth coach, Bill Callahan, and all the previous seven headings and records. So what, what's going to happen? So I'm looking more down the road. This isn't an indictment of Haskins. This is an indictment of the organization. I think what's going to have to happen is he will flame out in Washington. He will get a backup contract somewhere else, maybe get an opportunity through injury, and we'll go, oh, 
oh yeah, Look at he's that. not bad. And then by that point, he'll have been in the league a while. He'll have developed some experience. He'll understand plays and playbooks. And that this has been the knock on him um, is that he's just not pro ready. Um, I mean, even his coach was saying that at, at Ohio State that that he was you know he's he immensely talented, but you know there's maybe some red flags there. Um, don't know. Maybe he's not a high wonder lit guy, right? I don't know. <laughs> you know You're breaking I mean? down the uh, the career uh, uh, advancement and trajectory of a rookie quarterback into like yes. year five or six. Yep. Yep. You're, you're, and when it, you're deep into this, this one. And when this happens, uh, we will <laughs> pull out the tape. Our crack production staff will pull out the tape. Uh oh, I gotta go back and download this and, show and, and, and oh, wait, get yeah, the sound you, drop. By the way, hint, hint, that's you. And uh, yeah, mark mark that show down. Oh God, then you'll be sitting there. Like, what was that? What was that show when Jason made that obscure prediction about Dwayne Haskins needing a second opportunity in the NFL? Uh, the Week Six, twenty nineteen show. Jason uh, <laughs> previews the career of Dwayne have, Haskins. Yes, you're gonna have to go back and edit the title of the show. Uh, <laughs> To Jason's Dwayne Haskins crystal ball. So that way you can just go right back and you'll know which show it was. Yeah, I know. I can. I, it's almost sometimes this stuff just writes itself. You'll have two thumbs ready to point at this guy. I got that one. I told and we, you. And, yeah, and we get to see uh, the the shit show of shit shows this weekend with the Dolphins and the and the Redskins. That's the toilet bowl right there. That is the toilet bowl <sighs> game of the century. I should have had it's a terrible sound drop ready for that, but I didn't. Yeah. Back in the old days, you would literally just run into the bathroom and flush the toilet. Yeah, because back in the old days, I was hosting the show on a headset, and so I was able to yeah. get up and do that, and it's not the same right now. I got the microphone hooked yeah. to the computer, and I'm not about to take this expensive microphone and run it into the bathroom and yeah. risk uh, yeah. anything happening to it. And, uh, and, uh, and to go back to the conversation that we were having about Kirk Cousins and the Bears, of course – in week five when the Vikings are going and playing an absolute garbage team in the Giants. Yeah. I think we both had the Vikings, right? I mean, that's we just, both had that one. And that was not even a close game. No. Yeah. Uh, and and then the Giants come back on the Thursday night and look even worse because they're the Giants. And so that's the end of the, do you want to do the uh, rookie projection for Daniel Jones as you're into uh, breaking down quarterbacks uh, in their rookie year? Ah. Uh, Five and six years into their career already. Yeah, no, Daniel Jones. It's uh, he he had a nice start. Mm-hmm. A nice start. It already feels like eight weeks ago is his nice start. The whole Danny Dimes thing and and all the hype and and he's the savior now. Uh, not not quite. Yeah, it's but, it's know, not there. It's not there right now. That seventy-four point one quarterback rating is not going to get it done. The uh, five touchdowns, eight turnovers, six point six yards per attempt. These are bad numbers. These are rookie numbers. This is what a rookie quarterback is supposed to look like. So, uh, all I wasn't there for all the the praise and hype when he first had his first couple of good games. And I'm, as much as I'm not a big fan of his, and I thought he was definitely overdrafted in the spot that he was, I'm not going to be there for any slamming and saying that he's a bum and he needs to, uh, he's going to wind up being a bust or anything like that. It is way too early on either side 
to judge that. He's just, he looked like a rookie. The, some of the plays and throws that he's made in these losses, he looks like a guy that's never played in the NFL at a, you know, for a very long time. And he's, that's what you're supposed to look like. So uh, I, I don't really have too much uh, either way as far as his future. There's no way I would say what he's going to be in five years. Because I have no idea. So I'm looking up his stat line here for the season on Yahoo Sports, and, it, and I do give credit where credit is due when I see something that's that's smart or or well written. But the headline for his uh, player notes for this last game says, "Touching Eli tribute." Danny tosses three ints. Nice. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, point for you guys. That's that's pretty good. I love some good snark. I'm a big fan that, of that. That's up there. That, that's yeah. right up there. That's, that's real and, good. And uh, you know, and they've burned their bridge with Eli Manning, so you can't go back. You you cannot go back to. Oh Eli no! That's, if Daniel no, it's, Jones it's, has both, if he blows out both knees, he's still gonna be <laughs> out there. He'll be playing quarterback how, from his back. That's how that's supposed to work. If you start the year with the veteran and decide two games in that you need to make the yeah. the call. You, you right. don't go back after that. You don't. You don't this flip the, back and forth. The, oh Jesus! I hate it. I, I jumped back into a box score and it started blasting an ad in my ears. Don't you? Oh, like I that? hate that. Oh, and, and, that, and that's no, Yahoo. That, that's every time I'm on Yahoo. That's what happens. Yeah. No different than the conversation that you and I had during after the uh, playoff game with the Chargers and the Ravens, where I was like, he could have gone back to Joe Flacco. No, nope. that was that's, and you're like, that's nope. the call. That's Lamar's job now. <laughs> I am the captain now. <laughs> it's too late, right? Yeah, they've made that call, yeah. That, that's exactly the same feel that I get right now about Eli Manning. Like, if Daniel Jones could go out and have no touchdowns and six picks and take 14 sacks, it, it's over. No, it's... It's all about it's all about the kid now. Uh, whatever is surrounding him, what t- talent, quote unquote, talent is surrounding him, you know that's what he's going to have to deal with. And that's uh, to your point about the Redskins. That's what I'm so concerned about when they do, when Bill Callahan does finally make the move to uh, Dwayne Haskins, which I think he kind of has to do because is that Case Keenum again this week? Um, it was Colt McCoy, then uh, that, that that got Jay Gruden canned, and now it's back to Case Keenum. Yeah. Uh, I would think there's going to be Haskins within the next, I don't know, three to five weeks, I, I would guess. Uh, I mean, there's no reason yeah. not to. And what, uh, and what you, he has shown so far, oh, my God. <laughs> but once you do – What's he? What's his weaponry? What's he gonna? What's he throwing to? How's he? How can you really fairly judge what he's capable of? Uh, ju- you know, based on who he's got to work with. He's got right. one decent receiver, Terry McLaurin, and, and that's it. And that's about it. Um, they, they could. They need to get Pierre Garcon out of retirement and give him some weaponry. I, I don't know what <laughs> the uh, you know, Art Monk is. He still uh, eligible? Uh, yeah. You start getting that feeling with Haskins that this is uh, he, he'll be Josh Rosen 2.0 by the end of the season if this keeps going mm. the yeah, way it's you, going you hate, for the Redskins. You hate to see that. Uh, yeah, I was uh, when you talked about uh, before we went on the air about week four and week five possibly 
uh, talking about you're way more prepared to talk about anything in week four than I am because I had put that out of my memory. I went five and ten that week. I had thrown that in the fucking trash, man. I wasn't even. Okay. I didn't even. I, I, the, the, I get no. See, and the reason I was prepared to talk about it was because that was the week I finally got a lead yeah. back over you for. It's got to be the first time in two years. You went eight and seven, so of course you were uh, prepared to talk about week four. Um, but yeah, I, I would just I don't. I I'm feeling I'm I'm sort of feeling around and and walking blind this season right now because there's, there's so many of these teams I don't know what I'm looking at when I look at these teams. Yeah. Uh, even that little mini podcast that I did uh, last weekend, I didn't say anything about week four at all. I was just it didn't it, that was all about. <laughs> <laughs> pretend like it didn't happen. That was uh, I, I got up son. I don't think you had. Uh, I don't. You may have listened to it, but I did um, not. I got up, I did okay. not even get a chance to listen. Um, I and, was going to ask, and, I, and, I, and I, had admit, I had intended to ask when you were going to go live because I was going to try to call in, but I, I didn't really know. And then when you said you were going to do it on Sunday morning, I'm like, well, that's not going to work for me <laughs> because yeah, that was the morning I, when we were going up on the balloon. Right. Yeah, I just uh, decided to the it wasn't it wouldn't have been the same anyway if I had gotten another guest on there because the whole point of the show is you and me recreating our phone calls when we talk about these games and, and make our picks and whatnot. And I just yeah. feel it would, it would be uh, the same thing. So I just sort of made the decision. All right. I'll just, I'll go on Sunday morning real brief, the, the shortest show you can do 15 minutes and just tell everybody where to find our picks and use the rest of that time to just kind of, uh, you know, say thank you to the people that have been on throughout the years. And thank you to you for uh, being on and, and, engaging in this little vanity project with me. Um, and it's a good thing you haven't listened to it because the sound quality, ironically, <laughs> was completely shit. I, I was well, chopping un- up the entire time. <laughs> unironically. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so there, there's nothing to go back to listen to there. The week four didn't happen, and that podcast didn't happen. There's nothing to nothing to see here, nothing to listen to. Oh, okay. um, so... And then last week wasn't much better for me. At, at, at at last week, nine. last week you were stunk for too. both of us. Yeah, right. uh, last week stunk for both of us. And I had that, like I said, I had that opportunity on Monday night. And oh my God, Cleveland is. The, you, you want to talk about heckle and jide? <laughs> that was a domination uh, from the opening whistle. I think the Browns and, and are we uh, did we undersell the 49ers so far? I mean that's why I love when we start getting into real and fake because the 49ers are undefeated and yep. playing uh pretty good defense. Uh we we know that that team's splits with and without Garoppolo are are pretty good that w- when they have him he's he's not too bad and uh, I think the coach uh lit a fire under him. You know, when he said that it wasn't all but assured that he was going to be the man. And uh, we, we've seen a different Jimmy G the last few weeks. We have. Uh, it, to me, it still falls under the category, just like the New England Patriots and how dominant that they've looked. Uh, it, it's a quarter of the season, and they haven't really played anyone. So, yeah. yeah. I, have we, we have not talked about the fact yet that for a Super Bowl-winning team, the Patriots have got to have the easiest schedule I've ever seen. They are playing nobody. 
I mean, the, the it, it, lower it doesn't get low. much, it, you know, it doesn't get much harder. And, and, and again, to their credit, I'm, I'm still going to say I'm impressed with the Buffalo Bills. They're winning ugly. I mean, they're going back to the, like the winning ugly Titans. Uh, you can almost script the way the Bills are going to win every game, but Buffalo is the only team this season that's punched uh, the Dolphins, that's punched the Patriots in the face. I mean, and if they hadn't knocked Josh Allen out of that game and had gone to Matt Barkley to throw two late picks, we could be looking at the Bills being five and zero. Yeah, that's that's even scarier. <laughs> but yeah, but that Bills win, uh, that Bills win this last week here in Tennessee, it was, it was very Bill like. <laughs> they have a script, was. and man, they stick to it, and it works for them. We're going to keep this thing. Take the under. Take the under with the bill. Oh people. my god! I wish I would have driven to the Tunica and put money on that under because that was <laughs> just the easiest. Just, I am I, going to go out and guess that the Bills have been under all five times this year. You're probably right about that. I, I don't can't think imagine that the they've... Bill. Yeah. They haven't blown anybody out, and every game's been close and super low scoring. Even that game one uh, win where they won, was it 17-16 with the Jets? It was. That's, That's right. an under. That's got to be an under. So I, I have a feeling we're going to start to uh, see these overs, over-under lines for the Bills. they, they got to start creeping down at, at some 20, point here. 28-14 to 14 over the Giants in week two may have been over. I, I can't imagine okay. they've had an over-under higher than 40 this year. So, so I would that's assume one. that went that, over. That's one. Yeah, the other that's ones one. have all been super low scoring. But, yeah, I I, I keep highlighting the and Bills because I had twenty one seventeen sort of a, over Cincinnati might have been over, yeah, depending on how low it was. Right, right at the line. But, I, yeah, I keep mm-hmm. highlighting on the Bills, you know, being that they were one of my dark horse uh, playoff teams this year. And, Looking at the rest of the teams in the league, you know, you got with all the zero win teams that we have, it's boy, it's bad. The the shame of that Patriots start to the season and how terrible that opening schedule has been is they can't do anything about how god awful the Jets and the Dolphins are because they're in their fucking division. That you just play who's on your schedule and they get them right. twice. You know, they get them two two more. They get those two teams one time, one more time each uh, this season. Uh, yeah. The, now the rest of those teams, you know, Buffalo is in their division as well. But then the, this Giants outfit uh, Thursday night was was completely awful. Um, who else have they beaten? Washington? Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they, they the Patriots so far have beaten the Steelers. Doesn't seem so impressive anymore. No. The Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills, uh, which was the closest game they've had. Oh, and then uh, the, the Redskins and the Giants. No, the, the, the Patriots have a five-game stretch here starting uh, first week in November with a bye week sandwiched in the middle of this where it goes uh, at Baltimore, at Philly, Dallas, at Houston, Kansas City. That's, that's where we're going to find out <laughs> how good the Patriots are. Yeah, win right those there. five. Yeah, you come out of those five and zero. Oh, all right, hey. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I believe. Can't say anything about that. Um, my uh, yeah, my my lock last week, of course, the Bears going down in flames. Uh, your lock was the Houston Texans over the Atlanta Falcons, and I can't even ask you to justify and explain that 
because that's how bad the, the Falcons have been this year. I, I I completely understand it. I picked the Falcons to 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 beat the Texans or to at least to cover the spread. Yeah. And then they, and they give up fifty three. Um. So yeah, there there's no uh, there's no shade being thrown uh, by me on that one. I, I can't possibly say anything about that. God, the Falcons. Oh. Yeah. You picked them. You picked them a season too soon. To go, you picked them a season ago. I mean, to go to the Super Bowl, and as we all know, when you pick something this far in advance, boy, it, it doesn't go well. The Saints were looking really good last year as a team that I picked uh, in advance yeah, until true. that that call. Yeah, we well, you, you, we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> no, Atlanta, Atlanta. Let's see, injuries again. Offense. Yeah. I don't know what their offensive strategy is. That that has not been the same team since Kyle Shanahan left. Uh, go go deep. Uh, hopefully, uh, they're not, they zero, don't have any zero running game. Um, they don't have any Matt running Ryan's game. not getting any protection. And yeah, uh, the uh, Devontae Freeman is looking. When I see him play, he's looking like he's he, he can't hit the holes right now. Maybe I don't know if he's hurt or if he's old and and has lost it. But uh, what few holes the Falcons do make for him, he's not hitting them. So they're yeah. getting no help there. Um, and then in the air, obviously every team com- comes out uh, putting some sort of bracket coverage around Julio Jones and putting two and three defenders in his area. And, of course, you have to plan and, and adjust to that. But with the talent around him, with the other options uh, being Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu and Austin Hooper even has his moments, you would think with the other people around that Matty Ice would find a way to make that happen uh, to the other guys with consistency. And he kind of has, but is, is, they need more. He's, he's done a lot, and he's, he's played fairly well, but they, they need, like, super Matty Ice uh, to overcome yeah. that defense right now, which is just atrocious. Yeah, this is a, an Atlanta team right here that's averaging just a tick over 20 points a game, and that, that offense is way too good to be averaging you know, 20 points a game. You know, and you look at the fact that they've only got 102 points scored in five games, and you look at, you know, there are teams that have scored more points than them that you would look at and go, oh, oh, oh really? Wait a minute. Okay, the team they're playing this week has only scored, like the Cardinals. The Cardinals have scored only two points less mm. uh, than the Falcons through five games, which is which is absolutely abysmal. They've only scored uh, 12 points more than the Bills. We were just talking about Bills <laughs> and Unders, right? Mm-hmm. You want the Bills and you want the Under, you know. They, they've scored less points than both the Raiders and the Chargers, and I don't think we've looked at either one of those teams as offensive juggernauts yet this season. Um, yeah, not good. And uh, you'll love this one. That, uh, when I'm looking at just points scored, the uh, Falcons have only scored four more points than the Titans. Oh, no. Yeah, they need more. Now, don't forget, they, the Titans scored half more. those points in one game. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, at week one in uh, Cleveland, didn't they score like 40-some? Uh, let's see, Tennessee, uh, yeah, 43 to 13, that's right. Yeah, so, since, so in the last four games, the Titans have scored 55 points. That's, that's more on par. <laughs> that's more like you No, know, Atlanta, Atlanta should be one of the top scoring teams in the league with the offensive weapons that they have, but they can't protect Matt Ryan. They have zero running game. Um, anybody, nobody's running the ball. It's not, it's, it's not Edo Smith. It's not 
Devontae Freeman and you know, Matt Ryan's under constant pressure, and we'll always find a way to take a horrible sack late in the game on a third down or a fourth down. Uh, but it's the defense that's going to get Dan Quinn fired because that's got, yes, they got no coverage. Quit. They got You're no a pressure. Coach. You're a defensive <laughs> coach. They're offering no resistance. Uh, yeah, Dan Quinn needs to put his house up like now because it's not going to end well. I, I really do. Yeah. All the rumors and all the reports that we've heard about the, the pressure being put on him by uh, uh, and Arthur Blank, uh, I think that I think there's some smoke to that fire. There usually is. So uh, having a season like this, you can only use injuries as an excuse for so long. And so uh, yeah, it's it's looking bad. I I am not driving down to Tunica to put money on the the Falcons to win the Super Bowl right now. No, odds are probably get some great. really good oh, odds right yeah. now. I'm sure I would, and that's because I would be throwing money into a, a fire pit, and that's why. Yeah, that's you be great saw, at doing that. Yeah, I saw one today where if you put a hundred dollars on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl right now, you'd win like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> that's not nearly enough money. You should win three and a half billion dollars if the if the Dolphins win the Super Bowl. You have got to figure with all statistical probabilities that the Dolphins the Dolphins win right. the probability of the Super Bowl has got to literally be zero. You got to be going into to exponential. Uh, you got to is not just fifty to one or a hundred to one. You got to be going like one or two to the you know to the twenty fifth yeah. power. You, it's got to be just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so if anyone puts that kind of money on the Dolphins and they actually do win the Super Bowl, you should really make it worth their while. Someone, yeah. Some uh, casino, if I were running a casino in Vegas, I would make that a, a promotion to get some sort of publicity. I would actually put my balls on the line and say, you win a, a million or two million dollars uh, if you put a hundred dollars on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. I'll give you, you know, what what is that? A, what would, that would that be a hundred thousand to one or ten thousand to one? Something like that. I would. I, I would give you a hundred thousand to one. Yeah, that would be if ten. That would be ten thousand to one. If you would right. put on a hundred, a hundred to win a million, would be ten thousand to one. I'll give you a hundred thousand to one if I was running a casino. Put down ten dollars on the Dolphins <laughs> to win the Super Bowl, and if they do, I'll give you a million fucking dollars. I would do that just for a promotion. Now there might be some regulations where you can't do that because everyone would would be way out of whack doing crazy stuff like that. Uh, you know, I do something right. similar in, in the NBA for the the Sacramento Kings coming up this year. If you want to <laughs> bet the Sacramento Kings to uh, win the title, go right ahead. Oh, that would have been like your odds. That would have been your odds before the season to have the Nationals and the Cardinals in the NLC. Yeah. Perhaps, but it's baseball. That's so much more I random. Know. So I, I, I um, know. it feels very random too. There's only speaking of that very briefly. There's only two more rounds to go: the the league championship series and the World Series. Yeah. But your boy is perfect so far. Picking these uh, major league baseball series. Yes, I had the Nationals uh, advancing to the. Uh, to the NLCS, yes, I had the Cardinals. Uh, I had the Dodgers going down because it's so random. It, you, I literally, when I sat there and made my bracket, said, "I know who I want to, who I'm going to have to win." I got the, the Astros to win it all. Ah, was this? But, this, this wasn't when we made our preseason picks. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the MLB.com oh, like as, as a playoff bracket. Oh, okay. 
You got your bracketology. That's right. And I think there's less than 1% of, of brackets left that are perfect, and I am one of them. So it's it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible. Um, but, yeah, I literally sat there and went backwards and said, I, I know who I got to win it is the Astros. I have no idea who I got coming out of the National League. But because stupid shit happens because it's baseball and it's kind of random, I, yeah. I got to go through this and, and go with some crazy-ass picks. So oh. actually – I believe I have the Nationals winning the the National League and going with the World Series. When the series, I didn't pick the series before it happened, but when I saw that it was Nats and Cards going to be in the NLCS, I was completely on board with the Nationals. I thought that they, the Nationals are that team that's just gotten so ridiculously hot. I mean, their record since July 1st has got to be one of the best in baseball. Yeah, they had a losing and, record at the first month of the season, I believe. Yeah, and they're just they're riding this streak. And then you look at a team that, if it could get to the postseason, is built for the postseason because of that starting pitching. And that's why I wound I up think, eventually picking them go, to go to the to the World Series because yeah. I, I couldn't go against Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin and I, right. I, the I, Cardinals. I couldn't do it. Uh, the Cardinals at home managed one hit in two games each. That's that's not. Uh, optimal. Um, no. And when you've got Annabelle you know, Sanchez, when you've got Annabelle right. Sanchez doing that to you, just go home. I mean, just just quit. Because right, that's not Strasburg, that's not Scherzer, that's not Corbin. <laughs> that's Annabelle Sanchez fucking you up. You can't hit him. You can't that's touch that. It's over. Can't touch this. No. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Well, it would seem that the Nationals are set up. But, again, baseball is random like that. I bet you they lose these next two games in Washington. I bet oh. you they lose three and four to make it easy oh, and then come no. back and, and win five and six. I bet you. I bet you Annabelle has to come out and save their ass again in game five because it's baseball, and it's crazy like that. So, yeah. Uh, we, got, we, we so avoided wanted to avoid talking about recaps for these <laughs> last two weeks being so bad that we've actually had baseball – Sneak into the uh, recap show for the football party. That that just that's what happens when you win eleven games in two weeks. Yes, and also when you're off for a week, we mix in some hot air balloon talk and uh, yeah, uh, get got a little bit of everything going here. Um, yeah, you were talking about uh, going to that festival makes whatever you got going up there in, in Wisconsin seem like nothing. That reminded me of going to Vegas, and then I think about this little. Uh, area we got down here in Tunica, Mississippi, which they call the Vegas of the South, and I'm like, that's not even close. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been there, and it, and half of those casinos are like shut down now. Yeah, abandoned. <laughs> it's creepy. I remember when we were it down is. there, and the the hotels were all uh, once the ho- the big hotels that were part of the Harris Complex down there when that all shut down, yeah. and you know we were staying farther down the the, the strip. We were staying farther down. I think we were staying at like Horseshoe or one of those. Right. And but I made the turn into the compound, the the, the stoplight before. So you end up having to go through the like abandoned Harris facility, and we were doing this at night. And there's oh, no street. Wow. There's there's no street lights. There's no nothing. And you, you peek out your window as you're driving through this total darkness, and there's an abandoned giant hotel out of mm-hmm. your window and it, it was it was creepy as all hell 
I I bet it was. That's the worst part to me of the drive down to Tunica. Period. Even before the hotel shut down, is the lack of street, uh, the lack of lighting. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's a Mississippi thing. I don't know. But yeah. man, that last that last two or three mile stretch before you hit Tunica, there's no lights. It's yeah, I know. You in the road. You in, in a way. Yeah, if you're if you're taking the highway, if you're coming that. over. Yeah, if you well, if you're coming or if you're coming over on that feeder expressway. Uh, that yeah, comes that, off of 55, that, is... that, that road's not too much fun either. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a different stretch. Yeah, we're, we're coming yeah. from uh, from up north. Uh, you're, uh, yeah, you're coming straight down through Memphis, and you're yeah. coming along the river there. So you're coming, was that 61, I think you're coming yeah, down? And, yeah. Yeah. It's, no, I know uh, the way you're that's... going, and I know what you're talking about. And then, you know, I, I know when you finally do see Tunica, it's like this. Like, oh, thank beacon. God. It's like this oh. little beacon of lights just standing out of the darkness, but no, that that's we not Vegas, it. Vegas of the South. It's not even cell service. Uh, it's no lights, and there's and you can't hardly get any uh, bars on your phone. So it's like a it's not even the Vegas. Zone. It's not even the Ve- it's, it's not even the Vegas of Tunica. I mean, that's pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, when you go to to, to the yeah. actual Vegas, I don't, it, I don't see. <laughs> I don't think anybody has ever gotten off of a plane, train, or automobile, or anything, and walked down the strip in Vegas and gone, "This is like the tunica of Nevada." <laughs> uh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. The, the I'm looking at the notes that I did have for last week, and the one thing I did want to. Uh, talk about a little bit is for your your favorite team the vikings and, and kirk cousins uh all the bitching and moaning about the the passing game and, and stefan diggs is, is crying and adam thielen's yep. whining and uh the squeaky wheel feeling got got the got the got the grease last week the best out of kirk cousins so i don't know if stefan diggs will get it this week or not but uh for for one week at least they shut him up yep. but they know they, they know he's a paper champion and they can see it and it it he's he's not the guy, and the the Vikings are sitting on this contract and they're eating it. They're going to have to be the guy it, for what they're paying them. Which is so sad because if you remove the quarterback from the equation and put a you put a really good quarterback on the Vikings, and the talent on that roster, they they should run away with that division every year. Yeah, I picked him again this year, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I went sneaky. But. I went sneaky with the Packers um, this year, and so so far so good. Yeah, now, that, they, they, they put a on a they put on a clinic down there in Dallas that stunned me. I did not expect that. Stunned me as well. Aaron Rodgers is is a, is a bitch. That's about all I can say. Is the the way that guy <laughs> plays, he, he's a motherfucker. He's he's unbelievable. Yeah. He's still making throws. He's still making great plays and 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 very good players out of guys you have no idea who they are. Yeah. And, I mean Brady just did that, but he was doing it against the Giants. Um, yes. But yeah, no. And the the whole point is, you know, you look at the stat line and you see that it was Aaron Jones, the other Aaron, the other who had the huge day. But all of that they were getting into the red zone of, yeah. because of what Rodgers was doing, right? All of that is possible because of the fear factor of having having twelve back there, and if you give Aaron Rodgers a defense and a running game, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the the, the pack might be, be back. They got a huge, Rogers is definitely a huge back. Game. 
huge game on Monday night here with them and the, the those sneaky lions. Right. I had had a bit of a tough time picking that one, so we'll we'll definitely get to it. But yeah, that's that's gonna be a very good finally a very good Monday night game. It has it's been a while since we had one of those. Yeah. That that <laughs> is for sure. And that was after the uh I believe was that what was that week? Was that another one in week four where oh, that was another one in week four where I had the Lions to cover against the Chiefs. And uh that came through for me. They almost won the damn game. Like I said, week four, I just threw oh, what, away. What, that, you're like, what, what are you talking about? That never I happened. I have no idea what you're talking about. The Lions never played the Chiefs. <laughs> the NFL just went straight from week three to week five. What are you talking about? So, Yeah. <sighs> well, I guess uh, we, we, we've hit the hour mark. We don't we don't have any commercial interruption, but the, this seems to usually be the point when we, we start, you know, we're not here to talk about the past anymore. <laughs> Hey, I got rid of the other Maguire drop, so I, yeah, I can't do that by accident. That drop, how did you not use that drop once when we were talking about week four? Because that's how much I put it out of my miseries. I didn't even want to think about it that much. <laughs> I'm not here to talk about the past. <sighs> <sighs> didn't even want to think about it. Yeah, I know. This has got to be especially hard for you after the season that you had last year. I I, I cannot even begin to imagine. Now, I'm consistent. What? I, I'm pretty much steady Eddie here. I'm always I'm floating usually in that 480 to 520 range, you know. And I I don't I have some really good seasons, but you know my bad seasons aren't awful and my good seasons aren't great. And that's kind of what always kind of hangs me around. That's why the playoffs for us almost always matter. Um. And I'm just I'm right where I should be or where I'd expect to be, especially as weird as this season has been. But yeah, I feel bad for you know after what you put up last year. Um, well, the last couple of years I've felt yeah. like I've been on this incredible heater for some reason, and yeah. you should have uh, been betting real money and quit. That that would be great if I knew exactly when I was going to be hot and cold and could then go in and and bet when I'm hot and quit when I'm not. Then yeah, that right. would that would be awesome, but. Uh, it doesn't quite work that way, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I, I'm doing the same stuff that I've been doing as far as my research and trying to figure out what to rely on and what trends that make that actually make sense and, and make a difference and which ones are just sort of window dressing. And that's where I'm struggling the most right now is I'm trying to figure out what's real and what's not when I look at some of these numbers and some of these trends that, that I know some of these teams are completely fake. Um, and, and, you know, real or fake is uh, still a little too early in the season to play, but yeah. at least by this point of the season, usually I have a clue on, on yeah, all these Yeah, it's on teams. the radar for you. You know, you're starting, and, you're, you're forming those, those important opinions. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's no room for us to be surprised yet. Oh, there's certainly going to be some surprises because it's only still think about it only basically a, a quarter or a third of the season that's been pl- that's been played. There are some teams that are going to come out uh, and have incredibly huge second halves that we don't see yeah. coming. There's some teams that are going to have really bad second halves, uh, and and may not even be based on the schedule necessarily. I, I, we're, I think we're both targeting the Patriots coming up next month uh, and looking at them and. and looking at a collapse coming for those guys. But even without that, there's going to be some teams that just stumble and, and hit a rough right. patch. 
and it's just tough. It's really tough to some of these teams to look at and figure out what's, especially these teams with all these kid quarterbacks too. That's really uh, tripping me up. Some of these guys, I who could have predicted Minshew mania for God's sake? I don't have any idea who this guy is. How how are you supposed to pick that? You know, and then in, in that division, you got to at least look at Adam at Minshew and what the Jags have been doing and being semi-competent on offense and as bad as that division is, you got to at least look at the Jags and, you know, he's given them that fighter's chance at least. Um, I'm looking at my um, uh, NFL pick watch profile to see who I'm terrible with right now uh, against the spread. And I, I can't find where it shows every team's record uh, where, it just I'm shows you who you're like team. really good and who you're really bad with. It's got my. I can t- tell you my top five, uh, worst and best uh, against the spread. Uh, but I, last year I found a link where it showed me all the teams' uh, records. Oh, and sure. I can't find that right now. But I can tell you the, the the top five or bottom five that I have no idea what I'm picking. There's one team that I'm completely winless, and that will be the Detroit Lions. And then there's four teams. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, and then there's there's four teams that it may be more than that that only have one win so far this year, and that's the Broncos, the Hawks, the Steelers, and the Bears. So that's where I'm really getting messed up. Now I, I say these kid quarterbacks are messing me up. The the Lions are Matthew Stafford, who's a longtime veteran, so I'm not being messed up by him. I'm being messed up by the the as you call him the what do you call him the the ass clown ass clown with the a pencil behind his ear, Matt Patricia, that I thought that he didn't know what he was doing and the Lions would come out and suck, and they haven't done that at all. So I've been totally thrown by that. Uh, the Broncos, I've been thrown by the defense. Uh, I thought Vic Fangio taking over would uh, ensure that they would have a very good defense, and that has not happened this year. The Seahawks have thrown me uh, because – and that's so that's really weird too because that's another team that you know exactly what they're going to do every time they come out. They're going to run, 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 and then hit you with the the, the patented rust bomb, the play action from the fifty yard line. Yep. And, and it, it works. <laughs> it, it works, but I'm picking against them when it's working, and then I'm picking them when it doesn't. And, and ah. I'm I'm often that's that's the worst. That's worse than a team with a kid, a quarterback, I don't know what they're doing because Seattle, I feel like I know what they're doing and I feel like I have a beat on who they are and I'm still finding a way to be on the wrong side of the spread each way. Uh, the Steelers have had two quarterbacks and they're about to have a third, so I can see why I'm messing up with them. Uh, the Bears have one of the most uh, unpredictable starting quarterbacks uh, and then he got hurt as well, so I can see why I'm messing up with them. I, and How can you possibly – uh, have confidence picking uh, a team that dominates the Minnesota Vikings and then goes and loses to the Raiders again. How the fuck do you do that? How I pulled that. I pulled that off. Yeah. I don't know. How. And do you know why you... I pulled it off? I pulled it off because it makes no sense. <laughs> you have not figured this out yet. 30 years. No. <laughs> I must have logic. I cannot just accept that it makes no sense. I have to have logic. Unless I'm picking up. You had to be looking at that. Look, you had to just be sitting there on your sheet or whatever you're doing, circling my picks those two weeks, just like, what, what the fuck? That's my first note of, of recapping last week, is how the hell does Chicago dominate Minnesota and play so soft against Oakland? What, how, <laughs> how the 
hell do you do that? Ugh. All right. Well, you got a lock up here. Uh, so you've got your lock in for week six, and it came through for you. So you've now got three. So you're so that means you're three and three. And I didn't think we'd get to that, the way the locks were going for us early <laughs> no in the year. So my, <laughs> mine has yet to be revealed. So, uh, But I've already given it away and said that it is not uh, a participant in the Vikings-Eagles game. There you go. We will so just I've have got to another lock. Wait and be patient, and then we'll, we'll all right. get the reveal Suspense. at the same time on that. That's right. Uh, before we get to our picks for week six, you know what's coming. It's the plugs. Blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. That's where you can listen to this show live, to listen to the show after it's live as a podcast, or hopefully there's not audio problems and there's not breaking up. Have I been breaking up tonight at all? No, not yet. You just ruined it. Yep. Oh, I keep my fingers crossed then. Uh, to listen to the show as a podcast uh, after we're due recording, you can go back to blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail and go through our archives, or you can subscribe to the show on many different podcasting websites uh, or Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Um, and when you subscribe, the show will download to you automatically after it's through recording. Uh, any comments to send to the show, questions or comments, you can email us. You can send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com, uh, or you can hit either one of us up on Twitter. Jason is at IMLDJTG. I am at IMLDDre. Our picks, when we're through making them, will be up on our football pick blog. The blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. And now time to continue our football party with our picks for week six, where we both hope to and pray to do better than 500 this week. <laughs> well, we're one and oh, we're undefeated. We haven't lost yet in week six. Cannot do better than you know, starting and off. You think about it, one we're and into oh. week six. We have not had many weeks, if any, where we've started one and oh each. We, we've been opposed to each other a lot or we've lost on Thursday nights, it's felt like. So I don't know how many of these we've won. Um, well, let's ain't see. Been uh, I mean, we opened um, uh, the season with a loss because we both had the Bears over Green Bay. So that was a bad start. On week two, I had uh, Tampa over Carolina, uh, and Tampa came through uh, because Cam Newton was still playing like crap. Uh, and yeah. you had Carolina I had, in that yeah, one. I sure did. Uh, there's a rematch of that game uh, this week already, uh, and Cam Newton will not be playing in that one. Uh, week three, we both started off well because we had the Jaguars over the ah, Titans. Okay. So that would be it. That's it for me. I don't think I've won one <laughs> since, except for uh, this that's one. Right. So, so two uh, two times. Week four. But... Yeah. So all right. Can't 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 do better than starting off uh, with a win, and certainly can't do better than starting off with a win and a lock on yeah, Thursday, which we is don't what I do did. A lot of we the Thursday night locks. We don't see them a lot, but. No, that was a good move but, on your part. Yeah, when when even I saw with the all those, big number. We, even with the big number, but the Giants are on a short week on the road with all with those injuries. With a rookie injuries, quarterback. With, with a rookie, rookie quarterback, quarterback at Bill and all those weapons uh, versus <laughs> yeah, versus Bill. Yeah, it just just kind of screamed out to me. And you know what? It still almost got fucked up because they were tied at fourteen at one point. I do believe they were. And then the Patriots yeah. said, okay, fuck this shit. <laughs> and 
and I'm so happy they did. Okay, on to the rest of week six uh, in the NFL. We're going to start off with one of those Sunday morning deals from England uh, where the Panthers and the Buccaneers will do battle. As I said, that is already uh, a rematch of a game earlier this season in week two, Tampa won at Carolina 20-14. to uh, the last game that Cam Newton played this year so far, uh, he will come back at some point, I, I, I guess. I, I guess. Um, and maybe the bigger key of that game was that the Buccaneers were able to hold Christian McCaffrey to 16 carries for 37 yards. So if they could do something like that in England, that would be an, uh, a way to get another possible victory. But uh, in any event, Sunday morning over in England, Carolina at three and two with Kyle Allen. Once again, at quarterback are two and a half point favorites at Jameis Winston and the two and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. And, you know, take a page from what happened last week in London with the bears and the no. Braves. No, Sorry. I don't want to think uh, about that. With the bears and the Raiders, but you know, this, I have a feeling that the team's flying over there. Um, is it, it, maybe this is something worth looking at, but I think it's going to take more of a toll on on defenses than it would take a toll on offenses. Offenses, you you can move the ball, but if those defensive guys are they're tired and there or there's any jet lag or there's anything like that going on, you've only got to be a couple of feet out of place, and all of a sudden the next thing you know, someone's running by you. Um, that is why I am going to take Tampa Bay here and the points, um, I think they're just going to go out and straight up win this game. I, I, I'm still not a Kyle Allen guy. Uh, maybe just having competency at that position and a guy whose arm isn't falling off and legs aren't falling off is what the Panthers really needed. But I kind of like what, what Bruce Arians has got going on. He's turned Jameis Winston into a, a quarterback. He, he's actually moving the ball back there, and they can't run the ball to save their lives. But they've got so many weapons on the outside and, and, and tight end that they can sling the ball. And we know that that's Bruce Arians' game plan anyways. If that team can find something along the lines of like a David Johnson type, like what Arians, Arians had in, in uh, Phoenix out in the desert, that could be special. I mean, you could almost see that sort of offense being reformed. Um, with the amount of weapons that they have on those outsides and at the perimeter. And I, I think Carolina's defense is going to be a little slow, uh, slow on the take here. And you're going to have Tampa Bay put up a lot of points in this game. I think they win a high scoring game, but all they got to do is win because that's a cover. That's right. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that uh, angle of it is, is how tired and jet lagged the defense might be uh, behind the offense. But I don't know. I think uh, if the, offense is not exactly on the same page and not a well-oiled machine like with the Panthers and Kyle Allen, for example, I think they're the ones that might have a disadvantage that they might come off the plane even more out of sync and, and not in the right place than, uh, than, than normal. Uh, so I, I think it could work uh, that way as well. Uh, what I think Bruce Arians has done with Jameis Winston, I haven't watched a full Tampa game this year. So I, I, I've only seen highlights, but from what I've seen, it, it felt like he was trying to rein him in a little bit at the beginning. And after about week three or so, he just kind of said, okay, you know, just, just do you just play the way that you know how to play, which is uh, just go deep and make big plays through the air and look for the home run pretty much every time. And we know that's going to result in some mistakes every now and then, because that's what you do because you're Jameis Winston and you like to make mistakes. But it also results in many more big plays than what you had been doing before. So I think that's 
the big key for the Buccaneers is Jameis is being allowed to be Jameis, or at least uh, more of Jameis than he had been uh, to be to begin Bruce Arians's tenure. So I think that's the difference for me in, in picking Tampa Bay and agreeing with you over Carolina is if they uh, let each quarterback sort of open it up and do what they do, then Jameis will make a whole bunch of big plays and Kyle Allen will not. And I think he'll make enough big plays to overcome the, the mistakes that he'll obviously make eventually at some point as well. All right. On to Sunday here, stateside. Uh, we'll start with Seattle and Cleveland, uh, two teams seemingly going in totally different directions. And the four and one Seahawks are favored by one point on the road. So basically a pick them at the two and three Cleveland Browns. Yeah. The, the heckle and jide team. I Cle- uh. cannot pick Cleveland to save our lives. Uh, I thought I had a whole home road split thing going here with the Browns and they went out to the West coast and just got utterly destroyed. So everyone's writing the Browns off. So now you've got the, <laughs> now you come here. So of course I'm taking the Cleveland Browns because this is exactly what a heckle and jide team will do. They will come home. They'll get right. They'll beat a team they have no business beating. Baker Mayfield will throw for four touchdowns. Everybody will be happy for a week. And Nick Chubb will go off. And, you know, that Seattle secondary, eh, not so good on the road. Um, they don't they don't get the 12th man advantage here. And maybe Seattle's starting to feel a little, a little pumped up. You know, they're having a good season so far. But I don't think that defense is what it once was. And this feels like it's not a primetime game. There's not going to be a lot of pressure. Um, I think that the Browns take care of business here at home. I've got a weird feeling about this one, taking the home team. Well, uh, again, I'm one in four picking Seattle games so far this year. So take everything I'm about to say and flip it and do the opposite. Okay. So I hope you have the Seahawks. Despite the whooping at San Francisco on Monday night, I still feel like uh, the Browns and Baker Mayfield – uh, seem like they sort of panic quicker at home due to all the pressure of being a, a good team in Cleveland. Uh, it feels like every game, home game that I've seen them have so far, they make one bad play at the beginning of the game and everyone starts booing and, and the pressure starts building um, and they never uh, are able to overcome that. Uh, what gave me pause on picking Seattle is that I don't think the Seahawks are a huge threat to take a really big early lead and make that pressure build because that's not how the Seahawks are built as a team. They're, they're built to grind you out and, and wear you down slowly. Uh, but despite that, I'm, I'm still going to go ahead and take uh, the Seahawks. Um, Cleveland is still dealing with quarter, uh, cornerback situations, uh, injuries, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. They're both possibly going to return from their hamstring injuries tomorrow, but I, it, it, they may not. And even if they do, they may not play very much. They may have limited action. Um, heard a very interesting stat uh, that Russell Wilson is uh, the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era for his first five games of a season to have 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns, and no interceptions. Russell Wilson's playing kind of good right now. Um, and I don't think the Cleveland Browns have their stuff together uh, enough to stop him from uh, doing what I just said that he loves to do, which is establish the, uh, establish the run and keep running and hammer away and then set you up for the 50-yard play-action bomb downfield to, to Tyler Lockett. Um, I think the Browns are going to see that coming, and I still don't think they're going to stop it because the Browns are uh, not very good this year. And they are 0-2 at home, so I think there is something to that, that home pressure building. So – Despite that, I'm, I'm 
uh, despite Seattle not exactly being an explosive offense, I'm still going to take Seattle to find a way to win because they only have to win by one point. So there you go. Take everything I just said and flip it. Yes. Onto the <laughs> onto the Saints and the Jaguars uh, and the battle of the backup QBs. Uh, Teddy Checkdown versus Minshew Mania, and the sea, uh, the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater uh, are four and one and. There's no way I would have possibly predicted that. Uh, are they on my list of teams? I can't pick. I, I I might be one and four with them as well. I don't know. This only has my my worst five. Uh, but in any event, uh, the Saints are still, despite that, underdogs. They're two and a half point underdogs at Minshew Mania and the two and three Jaguars. Yeah, I think the Saints have expended a lot of energy here. Uh, getting to this record of 3-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. And they've had to win, like you said, they've had to win the games in all these different ways. But th- there's something, I still think there's something to this Minshew mania. Uh, I, I like what they're doing. The Saints, I don't think are going to be able to capitalize as much on the fact that, you know, there's no Jalen Ramsey in that secondary, and that's sort of quieted down. Um I don't see that they I think the farther they get removed from all the craziness that was going on with that, the more the Jags can just get back to play in defense. They still have a ton of playmakers. And the one thing I said about Teddy Bridgewater, he holds onto the football too long and he's got the slowest delivery in the league and Jacksonville will get after you. Uh, Jacksonville's front seven is uh, they're not for the timid. They will make uh, short work of Teddy Bridgewater if he stands back there and holds onto the ball, we're going to see some strip sacks. We're going to see some force balls. You may, you know, see some picks. Uh, I think the Jack, I, mean, I contemplated this as my lock of the week. I think when you have one of these mm-hmm. weird non-conference games, uh, especially after a team has expended so much energy uh, to overcome the absence of Drew Brees, I know that they're, they're very well coached and Sean Payton's pulling off some miracles and Bridgewater's playing with it himself. But this is the first somewhat ferocious pass uh, defense and uh, rush that he's going to face. And they did a good job in Dallas playing against a, a decent defense, a, t- a team that can get after a little bit. And that was a lot of quick throws and staying with himself. I don't think four field goals are enough to beat the Jags here. I'm going to take the Jags here and uh, fairly easy. Well, uh, that explains why the Jaguars will be still favored over uh, the 3-0 and Teddy Checkdown Saints. Uh, yeah, Ramsey keeps finding his way out of games, doesn't he? He, he got Boy, this litany of excuses. And yeah. Back now, this, it's back. Now it's his back. This week was special, though, because there's some interview that came out in, in a like a financial publication at the beginning of the week where the owner of the team, Shad Khan, said, I sat down with Jalen and, and we had a, a heart-to-heart. And he's going to play this week. He we we hashed things out, and he assured me uh, he's going to play. He's he's not going to play. He's still not going to play, folks. I don't know what the hell Jalen Ramsey back. told Shad Khan, but the, the, he didn't put out of, his salon pause patches. <laughs> it's icy hot. He needs to go to Shad yeah. and get some icy hot for his back Shaq. or something. <laughs> so he keeps finding his way. Jalen Ramsey appears to be yeah. hell bent on never playing another game for the Jaguars. The way uh, he's going about it is strange, but. Uh, he he keeps finding excuses and finding ways not to play. Um, for the Saints, uh, Alvin Kamara has an ankle injury um, that it looks like he's going to play through it, but that always worries me. You're going off the turf. He's going to be slower anyway because they're on grass, and also he's nursing an ankle. So uh, the Saints might wind up uh, lower and, and downgraded running the ball than they normally would be. Uh, like I said, Teddy went downfield a few times last week, and, and Jacksonville still. 
uh, doesn't have their all-world cornerback, and that makes me nervous to look at Jacksonville uh, because I think that New Orleans might have some offense going. But, yeah, Minshew Mania, you mentioned it. Uh, I don't know what kind of magic this Gardner Minshew guy uh, has, but he keeps playing well and he keeps um, making plays happen and making making things happen. And this week he gets a bad secondary to gnaw on, and that's what – sways it for me in, in agreeing with you and going with Jacksonville is that he gets to throw over the top of that Saints uh, secondary, which is just awful. Uh, so he gets to make some more plays and, and make himself look great again. I guess DJ Shark is, is the fantasy waiver wire play to own this week if, uh, he's, if he's out there on your league. You love I love the fantasy implications of when the <laughs> quarterback gets hurt and then the, the backup ends up coming in there because these backups start mighting the, you know, the depths of the practice squad. These are the guys who they're practicing with and they start to turn these guys into the stars. And it's pretty funny that you see these guys who just, you normally would never have them on a fantasy radar. And all of a sudden, if you start to see the backup getting a ton of reps, it's not the big name guys. And, and now it's, it's DJ shark. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who the fifth-string receiver for the Steelers are, but uh, they're going to have some kid out there making the, yeah. the start. Devlin something or other. So yeah. you, you might want to get a hold of him. Uh, but, yeah, we're both going to go with the Jaguars in that one. Uh, this one should be real fun. The Eagles and the Vikings are both 3-2. and two. They're both yeah. quality teams, so one of them falling to 3-3 three and three, uh, might have a little bit of panic going there. So they both should come out and, and really be trying to get after it. Uh, cop outline for this one: Eagles on the road, three point dogs at the Vikings. Yeah, I actually uh, went someplace I usually don't go, and I pulled out a very interesting stat about this game. I hate it when you pull out stats because you're yeah. usually right about them. Yeah, the Eagles are three and two. I'll take the Eagles. <laughs> oh yeah, that stat. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> you thought I was going to come up with something great, you know? Yeah. Nope. There's my stat of the week. Up. The Eagles are three and two, which means the Eagles have a winning record, which means the 80% likelihood that Kirk Cousins shits the bed is right out there on the table for the world to see. Uh, Carson Wentz has been playing. Carson Wentz has quietly been playing out of his mind. He is probably by Man. the three-quarter poll of the season going to be uh, one of the top candidates for MVP. He was the year that he got injured, and he has got come right back to doing it again. Um, and he gets the ball, spreads it around. He's very smart, doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, even on the road here in Minnesota, I, I still think that the Eagles uh, are going to overmatch because Cousins is going to cousin at some point in the fourth quarter, and he's going to give the ball away or he's going to get strip sacked or something. He's going to kneel right before the end of a half. I don't know. Oh, he's not going to do that again. Come on. <laughs> one, of the, one of my favorite plays of all time. <laughs> Let's kneel at the Man. six yard line. No timeouts <laughs> left right before halftime. <laughs> you cannot be dumb and pull that twice. You can't do that. So, this day, one of the worst plays I've ever seen in the NFL. I see you know, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I oh man, yeah. I'm not taking no that guy. Excuse. <laughs> ever? Come on. Not uh, in this game. He's a bum slayer. Uh, Is it documented? He's a stat compiler. It, I can't argue with any of that, um, but I'm I'm worried about it. Yeah, uh, as far as um, 
Carson Wentz, I believe Pro Football focuses the way their their grading system goes that uh, even over Mahomes and Brady and Rodgers, uh, I think uh, Wentz is rated number one. Uh, yeah, I think he's, he's graded out the top quarterback. They, they take into account all those uh, very uh, catchable potential touchdown balls that, that Nelson Aguilar and company have been dropping all over the field for the, for the Eagles. Here. They've had a few drops this season. <laughs> Just a few. Um, even with all that, I'm worried about all the uh, the Eagles injuries, setting them up for possible uh, ex- exploitation. Uh, no Ronald Darby or Avante Maddox in their defensive backfield. No Timmy Jernigan on the line to stop the run. Uh, that's very, very important against the Vikings that you have somebody at least to stop the run. Uh, the way that Dalvin Cook has been playing, and then you're missing uh, two of your cornerbacks, and maybe uh, Mr. Cousins has figured something out, that he, he got it together last week with, with uh, Adam Thielen, uh, and maybe they're finally trying to figure out how to balance that offense just in time uh, for a real good team to come in and, and play them. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to go with the, the, the Vikings. I, I'm going to trust them again. I don't know. Uh, how many times are going to do this? But I'm going to give them uh, another shot uh, because they showed me last week that the, it looks like they know what's going on there and, and they know that they need to, to get that passing game fixed and, and they need to trust their their however many hundreds of millions of dollars uh, quarterback. They need to figure out a way to actually make him somebody that they, that they want to trust to throw the ball more than 15 times a game. So, oh, man. You, uh, see, you're, you're picking Kirk Cousins against a winning team based on what he did against a garbage giant squad. And this might and also, be, this <laughs> might be the first white mouse game of the year for you. <laughs> but also it, I guess it's a beat up Philadelphia secondary, I, more, more, maybe more important. Okay. I'm just saying that, that's, that I'm might be saying, the biggest factor. When, when they lose this week, <laughs> you get to play that drop. I'm under 500 this year. I'm desperate. What can I say? <laughs> You're desperate. <laughs> You're going with Kirk Cousins against a winning team. You said 80%. That's not 100. This, it is this not 100. One You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> well, you're saying there's a chance. I'm not winless like the uh, the Bengals are. The Bengals are 0-5. They're completely oh. winless. So, uh, and they're facing the 3-2 and Baltimore Ravens and – uh, the Ravens, after that great start to the season, have come across a bit of a rough patch. Uh, and despite that, this is still not counting the Thursday night game, the biggest spread of the week. Bengals 10.5-point dogs at the Ravens. I, I contemplated very briefly taking the Bengals in this game. And by very briefly, I mean the time it took for me to click the Ravens on my pick. Um, there was... It's like it feels like a lot of points for a Ravens squad that looks a bit exposed with Lamar Jackson and not being able to do anything um, as much in the passing game like they did those first few weeks. The I, you're, you're, the the love affair that you seem to have had on this show with Hollywood Brown, I, I don't I don't get it because yeah he had a couple of great games against garbage secondaries and he's been he's just ghosted the last few weeks. Um, but the Bengals are really bad. Um, no. They're, the receivers are all gone. 
uh, Joe Mixon here, you know, the, the, the Baltimore defense, that Baltimore offense, it's going to be too much. Uh, you know, this has the feeling, this has the makings of like a 17 to three kind of game. I don't know if this is just to blow the doors off, you know, 50 burger for the, for the Ravens here. I wouldn't be shocked if it was uh, with the big line though. It wasn't enough to make me contemplate locking it up. You'd think if you're taking a point, a team and big points that you'd still lock it up. Um, it is a division rivalry game, so I'm not utterly confident in the fact that the Bengals are, are, aren't going to cover this number, but I do like the Ravens here at home. I think the Lamar Jackson and his offense, can they'll look great for a week. They'll get fat. Everyone will be back on board with the Ravens. But, you know, the, the, some of these bad teams in the league, man, so much fool's gold out there right now. There is, and the Bengals might be part of that fool's will because despite the 0-5 record, they're my heckle and jive team so far this year because they've competed in spots that they had no, absolutely no right to compete, yeah. uh, including uh, at Seattle. Um, so there is no telling what kind of effort you're going to get out of them. And, yeah, you said it, a division matchup, so at least you know they're going to come out and try. Uh, you know Whether they have the manpower to do anything or not, at least they're going to compete. Um they, uh, the Hollywood Brown thing is funny because uh, he's not going to play tomorrow. And oh, I'm wondering ghost. what <laughs> truly, uh, so he might've been hurt all this time. That, that might be a reason why his production fell off. And I'm not convinced that Lamar Jackson is going to, you know, make it up to the 250 yards throwing, just checking down to Mark Edwards, every single throw. Now that Hollywood Brown is not, is not out there. I was, uh, you know, praising him and, and pumping him up so much because he was the guy uh, at least for through three weeks that Lamar Jackson needed to turn into a full quarterback. He was just a, a check down guy who who ran a lot before he, he got an actual downfield threat and a, and a weapon. And, and it made a, it made all the difference. And now he's not even going to play. So I'm going to take those points and, and I'm going to take the, the Cincinnati Bengals to compete and hang in there and, and lose by a possession or maybe even a field goal. Uh, on to the Redskins and the Dolphins and the toilet bowl game of the century. The Redskins are 0-5 and have already canned their coach. The Dolphins are 0-4 and, man, the, the point differential thing and, and just how awful they've looked. And uh, they're coming off a bye. I guess maybe that's a, a hope spot for them. But um, in any event, the winless uh, Redskins are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the winless Miami Dolphins. Yeah, this is this is how bad it's gotten for the Dolphins. Is you are a home dog against a winless team. Yeah, I have praised the Dolphins even as shitty as they've been this season for competing. If you are going to go or not going to go zero and sixteen, Miami, this this is it. Because if you cannot beat a Redskins team that just fired their coach has no quarterback. They have three quarterbacks. They have none. They, they're offensively inept. They're not bringing any weapons to the table. And I still am going to fight for the Dolphins here and say that for a team that's as bad as they are, getting as destroyed as they get, they're at least trying. You, you could see them fighting. And you pointed it out. I mean, they're fighting. You know, they're like the, they're like the little kid who's, like, swinging his arms at you, but all you got to do is hold the top of his head. You know, and he won't hit you because he's just a little kid. You're just holding the top, you know, and they're just, he's just swinging away, you know, the little brother kind of thing going on there. But I'm going to take the Dolphins here to get the win, keep the Redskins, who might be an even worse franchise than the Dolphins, uh, winless, 
Um, and, and, you know, they've, they've had it all. They've had the bye week. They've had practices. Uh, Josh Rosen is, knows he's playing for his NFL career or what semblance of left that he might have of one. Um, if they don't win here, they may go 0-16. This could be it for the, the Miami Dolphins. I, I, you know, the Redskins may sneak up late in the season and, and beat somebody because maybe they're starting to get the ship ride or Haskins has had a few starts and he has that one great rookie game that, that every rookie quarterback has. It's, this is it for the Dolphins. After this, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm scared uh, as well that this is – uh, Miami's time over uh, uh, this particular game uh, to get a win uh, because of uh, coming off the bye, because of uh, Washington having the coaching transition to Bill Callahan and all the turmoil in the organization there uh, because of the small factor of Washington blows. Uh, and th- there's always that. Uh, Bill Callahan already said that he wants to use uh, AP more, uh, Adrian, Pe- <clears throat> Adrian Peterson, uh, and establishing the run. That's the big thing. He wants to get back to old school and establish the run. Um, if, if there's, if there's anything okay. there, uh, yeah, if there's anything still left with AP, he, he wants to use it and see what he's got. Uh, um, and like I said earlier, back to case, uh, uh, back to uh, case Keenum at quarterback after uh, Colt McCoy last week uh, did not work out at all. Uh, with all of that, um, I, I completely uh, concur with the, idea of the of the Dolphins still trying and still competing and still swinging those little arms even though they're being held back by the league uh, by their forehead uh, they they do try um, and, and as I said when I talked about how much they try it's really telling how bad they have to be to be losing by that many points uh, and to be completely uncompetitive by the end of every game and this is when they're trying what happens when they stop trying? What's it going to look like then? Are we going to be seeing 73 to nothing? What are we going to see? Um, I looked at the, uh, of course, the injury report for every team, and I was struck by the fact that the Miami Dolphins have 11 players on their injury report listed as questionable. They just had a bye week. How the hell do you get 11 players questionable off the bye? Um, I'm taking Washington. I'm giving the three and a half. I've never seen anything like that before. The, the Dolphins, it's going to go exactly the same way as all these other Dolphins games so far this year. They're going to try. They're going to give you some hope spots. They're going to score. They, they might even have a lead in the first half. They might even lead at halftime. They're going to put forth the effort. They're going to come out in the second half. They're going to bend over and they're going to get anally raped because that's what they do. It's, uh, I think there's... I think their second halves this year are 58 to nothing, I believe I read uh, oh. so far. They they come out in the second half and say, we don't give a fuck. We gave all we had in the first half because we're professionals, and we will give you an effort, and we will try, and we will make it look like we care. And then we're going to come out in the second half, and we're going to lay down because we're the Dolphins, and we really don't care. So I will take the Redskins in the end. On to a much, much better game. Uh, the Texans and the Chiefs. You think that's better than the the Redskins and the bit. Dolphins? It's just a, just one, just a minor step up in in class here. Just a bit. Uh, so two of the uh, uh, absolute supernova quarterbacks in the league, in Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, doing battle. Uh, 
part of that draft class with this this guy Trubisky uh, drafted ahead of them, and ooh boy, that's not looking so good right now. In any event, the uh, three and two Texans four point dogs at the four and one Chiefs. I really like the Houston Texans in this spot here. I know that Deshaun Watson is constantly under pressure. He's been sacked at, at an enormous rate. But the, the Kansas City front seven isn't what it was last year. Kansas City created a lot of pressure, a ton of sacks, a lot of turnovers. They're not doing it this year. Uh, there's been some turnover. They've lost some players. They don't have the same guys getting after the quarterback. And if you keep Deshaun Watson upright, he will light you up. Yeah, Kansas City secondary we know is pretty awful. Uh, I think there's uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't look right in that loss to the Colts on Sunday night. There, there's something up with him. It uh, wasn't moving around little ankle thing going on, kind of a leg injury. I don't like that against this Texans defense. I feel the, the, the chief, it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be one of those game of the year type games, high scoring a lot of back and forth, but I think that Houston's got one more play in them than the chiefs here. I'm going to take Houston on the road and, Definitely. Well, the old days would have been a highlight game for us. Mm-hmm. This is definitely it's game of the week, maybe game of the year territory here. This is fun. This could be a, a playoff preview. I think both of these teams are playoff bound quite easily. And uh, I really do like the Houston Texans. And yeah, you give Deshaun Watson some time. If Kansas City cannot get after him and, and get him off his spot and just let him stand back there and pick them apart. This whew, Houston, that, that Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, two of the best young quarterbacks in the league right here on display. Yeah, it should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Tyreek Hill is uh, trying to come back for this game from his clavicle injury. He may be out there. Uh, We know Sammy Watkins will not be out there for the Chiefs, so there may be sort of a switch there. Uh, But uh, Pat Mahomes has been getting it done. No matter who's running around out there for the Chiefs, he's been making stars out of uh, uh, Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman and guys like that. Um, it, it felt like that ankle you were talking about with Mahomes, it felt like that served as like a handicap so that this is a little more even matched tomorrow. I, I think uh, Mahomes is so much better than everyone else in the league right now when he's at full strength. He's, he's making throws that nobody can make, nobody else tries to make, and nobody can make. Uh, but now if he's hobbling around still, then that sort of makes it closer to him and Deshaun Watson having sort of a, an even mano a mano battle uh it was gonna it was gonna be interesting either way but yeah that that adds an, an extra bit of scrutiny to make sure and, and watch that ankle to see uh, how well or not well Mahomes is moving around out there uh this is an even matchup to me and so I went a little deeper uh pro football focus podcast said that the uh matchup to keep an eye on is J.J. Watt for Houston who is uh now coming back and, and rounding into shape after being out last year, uh, Watt actually now leads the league in pressures, which I was surprised to hear that because I know that he did not start the season so great uh, because of he, he was still coming back. Uh, but now leading the league in pressures against the uh, Lyman Mitchell Schwartz for the Chiefs, who has not given up a sack so far this year. And it, it's the second highest graded offensive tackle in the entire league by the pro football focus grading system. So that is, is a one-on-one to really keep an eye on that might decide the entire game. If Watt can't get back there and, and make Deshaun Watson uh, feel any pressure, then he might just go and pick them apart all day long. But in the end, I went to another 
website, uh, Football Outsiders, and they have a grading system. Uh, I, I think the worst, uh, both offensive lines have had issues over the years, uh, and I think uh, it came down to the which line is going to do the best job of protecting for me, and that's where I decided to go uh, when I picked this game. And by Football Outsiders grading, the Chiefs, I was actually surprised to see, have the sixth best pass protection in the league this year. And we know how bad Houston has had trouble protecting Deshaun Watson. Houston this year ranks 28th. Uh, so I will say that Kansas City, uh, yes, despite not having the, the same type of pressure guys that they used to have uh, over the years, I still say that they get more pressure on Watson than the Texans are able to get on Patrick Mahomes. And that allows Mahomes and the Chiefs to come through and, and win this game and cover the four-point four spread. But it will be a, a very exciting game and certainly the, the game of the week uh, in the in the NFL this year. Or this week, I should say. <laughs> uh, on to the Falcons and the Cardinals. Arizona uh, won three and one uh, at home against the one and four Atlanta Falcons. This is not the game of the week or the year. Uh, this is, however, uh, Falcons still finding themselves favored. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the Cardinals. Tough pick to make because I know how the Falcons can struggle. I've seen this team for all my life struggle against uh, rookie quarterbacks. They've struggled against mobile quarterbacks. But Matt Ryan is still putting up a lot of numbers. Uh, this is a, quote-unquote, this is a dome game out west. This is probably the worst defense. That That game that the Cardinals played against the Panthers – where Kyle Allen just completely shredded them, where the Cardinals defenders weren't even looking at where the balls were and dudes are catching them as they're running behind the defenders whose back is completely to the quarterback into the play, just all out of position. Matt Ryan can pick these guys apart. Uh, maybe it's a field goal game for Atlanta. Uh, they're going to have to scrap and claw and fight. This has a, they like the over here. This has got like a, a 33, 30, 30, 27 type feel to it. But I think in the end, uh, the Falcons beat a scrappy Cardinals squad here uh, in a very ugly, sloppy, high-scoring game. Man, if that Falcons defense gets shredded by Kyler Murray, uh, yeah. Dan Quinn maybe can pack it in like now. <laughs> so you don't have to wait to have to wait till the end of the year. Um, I, I went through all my little machinations and I got uh, Atlanta twenty-four twenty-one. So I have to take Atlanta here. So I, I'm okay. taking them to cover by a half a point. Which shows yeah, how much I just, I had, I I just told you they were going to win by a field goal too. So there you go. That's a lot of, <laughs> a confidence. Lot of confidence in that. Uh huh. All right, on to a much better game again. Uh, a lot of bouncing back and forth between terrible games and real good games this week. So uh, we go from that to San Francisco versus the LA Rams, which is going to be a, a firecracker of a game out there in the NFC West. The undefeated 4-0 49ers, uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, they are still underdogs. It's the cop-out line, three-point dogs at the 3-2 and two L.A. Rams. People are trying – all of a sudden, the what's wrong with the Rams has, has begun. The chance have begun for that. They are uh, – they're scoring a ton of points, but they are giving up a lot of points. And they are playing a San Francisco squad. And again, say what you will. You say it about the Patriots. You can say it about the Niners. They're playing a San Francisco squad that through four games has given up a whole whopping 57 points. I mean, you had a team in Atlanta last, last week almost give all of that up in one game. 
So hmm. San Francisco, uh, we talked about them a little bit earlier in the show. They, they're they're getting the job done. Uh, they they score more points with uh, with Garoppolo. The defense is getting after it. These guys are all coming together. Uh, this is going to this is a sneaky good matchup that I don't think we would have been expecting at this point in the season. The the, the Niners undefeated, looking to go into the Rams and basically take a chokehold possibly on that division. Um, and I there's something up. This this Rams offense isn't quite there. Goff's been off. Gurley is hurt. We know he's hurt. Um, he hasn't been right since about the midpoint of last season. They're they're not getting much going on offense. I think that this is uh, a very – I think this has got the potential to be a very low-scoring game. Um, if the Rams do win, it, it's pushy territory, so, the, the, you know, you're smelling some pushy here, or, or maybe even a Niners cover but not a Rams win. I'm going to say of all the likely outcomes, the Niners uh, either winning or losing by a very slim margin uh, or push territory here is going to push me to uh, pick, the, pick the Niners. Yeah, the uh, Niners, they, uh, their best receivers are tight end George Kittle. He's got a groin injury, so something to keep an eye on for tomorrow. Um, interesting that they lost their fullback, uh, Kyle Juszczyk, in the game on Monday night. And they use their fullback like a like an 80s team. They line up in that eye and actually slam the fullback in there uh, like an old-school 80s squad. And it, it works for them. Um, and I think it works because – when they set up like that in today's modern NFL, you don't expect them to play action off of that because you're just expecting them to, to slam it in there and run it. And they work off of that and actually open up their offense even more. Um, but him being uh, out is, is going to change their look a little bit tomorrow. They're going to uh, probably be more wide open, more uh, three, four, five wide sets uh, than they have been, so we'll see if that's uh, something that they that that Jimmy Garoppolo has to adjust to. Um, he's been doing a great job so far this year of adjusting to to everything. So, uh, yeah, you talked uh, about the Rams' uh, injuries. I think that's the key for me to the game. Is Todd Gurley is out. Uh, Malcolm Brown will be the starting running back tomorrow. Uh, Akeem Talib on the defensive side is out. Their their veteran cornerback. And Clay Matthews has had a surprising uh, impact to start his Rams career this year. He's hurt, and he will be out. So they won't get that, that pass rush and that pressure on Garoppolo that they would, would be hoping for. Uh, yeah, San Fran came out on Monday night against the Browns and just dominated. Um, so this would be a, a great test to see where the, the 49ers are. That was sort of a, almost a mismatch. It felt like the Browns were out of it from the, from the get-go. Um, so the Rams should – absolutely uh, provide a much tougher test. Um, I think it could be a, a, a low-scoring game uh, if the, the 49ers want to grind and, and rely on uh, Matt Breida and, and how well he's been running this year. Um, it could be a shootout. It could be back and forth in the air. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly which way it's going to go. Um, it's two quarterbacks when they're both on time with their targets. Uh, they both can be as good as it gets. So um, tough Tough pick for me as well, um, but I'm going to side with you and take the 49ers um, to, to sneak one out. Um, I don't think the Rams – I'm certainly not going to be with everyone else and say, what's wrong with the Rams and start uh, gnashing teeth and pulling hair and acting like that they're just completely – they're still the number two passing team in the league after all the uh, hand-wringing that's being done, but the Rams are still second in the league in passing. So I, I think they're going to be okay. 
Uh, but for this one, the Niners are they're just a better team right now. They're just playing better team ball, and I'm going to agree with you and take the 49ers. On to a game where we spend a whole lot less time talking about. It's the Cowboys and the Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold is back for the Jets at quarterback, and there's no chance of Luke Falk coming in and doing any kind of damage anymore uh, because they cut him today. That's how great he had been playing for them. Um, so the three and two Cowboys, seven point favorites on the road at the zero and four Jets. Yeah, and the Jets are statistically a much better team when Darnold is out there, uh, almost to the tune of ten points better per game with Darnold under center than any of the other guys who they've been trotting out there in any of his absences. But uh, this feels like a get right game for the Cowboys. I think they've, uh, they, they've they've hit a snag here and lost a couple of games. They lost to the Packers almost embarrassingly. Lost to Teddy Bridgewater almost equally as embarrassingly. I think they go on the road, take out some of their aggression, and uh, they, they pummeled the Jets here. So I like the Cowboys give the seven. I concur. <laughs> Don't need to really get too much into this one, huh? Titans and Broncos. Don't have to get too much into this one either. Uh, the yeah. the the. Got to bet the under. I swear to God, I feel like I want to get up tomorrow morning and drive to Tunica and and throw all my money on the under for for any really for any Titans game. Um, I can't do it for the Bills game because they're on bye. Bills are off but, this week, right? But but Titans, Broncos, whatever the number is, under. I, I think I really like that. The two and three Titans are one and a half dogs at the one and four Broncos. Yeah, the Titans and the Jaguars are almost clones of each other, uh, except the Jaguars have a, a little bit more, you know, competency at quarterback, I think, with Minshew, because Mariota just can't throw the football. But they both can run the ball. They both have solid defense. They both better get after the quarterback. This is not a good matchup for a statue quarterback. And uh, Derrick Henry is going to be able to run wild. I don't think that that vaunted Denver defense and the Vic Band, it's not working. Denver's defense is is a shell of its former self. I like the Titans to go in there, spring a minor upset, and uh, you know walk out of there with a win. I, I, Denver, man, oof, it's bad. It is bad, but but what are the Titans? I, I have no idea. I, I don't. I, I don't know what the Broncos. Are. <laughs> I don't know what the Broncos are exactly. I don't know what the Titans are exactly. So the team, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I wound up going with the Broncos and, and giving a one and a half. Tennessee, uh, they're they're not going to have Cam Wake, so they're not going to have much of a, a pass rush, I don't believe. And I think that's just enough for for Joe Flacco to have enough room to to do a little better than Mariota. It doesn't okay. take much to do better than Mariota, so I think that's uh, that's all it'll take. Sunday night football. Uh, speaking of, I don't know. Uh, is the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, starting? Uh, let me check my notes here to get this guy's name. Devlin Hodges uh, at quarterback, uh, and taking on the uh, L.A. Clippers, the the San Diego Chargers. Uh, the Steelers one and four, six point dogs at the two and three Chargers. Excuse me, there was coughing. Uh, what was that guy's name? That was Craig Hodges. De- 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 Devlin Hodges. I think here that the uh, the inconsistency of the Chargers this season is the only thing that's keeping this from being an 11 or a 12 point line. And, you know, the Chargers just completely crap in the bed against teams and letting teams hang around that they've had no business. If they let Devlin Hodges (laughs) hang around this week, 
and get anything done against them, I, man, just just end the organization. Get them out of L.A. Just go 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 somewhere, go anywhere. But man, Chargers really. I've got faith in them this week. This is my lock of the week. If they lose to Devlin Hodges or keep this within six, my God, just burn it up. Burn it down. Um, wow, that's uh, I, I'm look. I was looking at. The, I knew you hadn't picked your lock yet, right? So I'm looking at that uh, Lions Packers game, and I'm trying to sort of ah, play the game. Okay, I'm trying to trying to guess with you in my mind. Like, oh, he loves the Packers that much that he's going to lock them in and say Detroit's a bunch of frauds. That's what he's about to do. I did not see this coming. <laughs> okay, I did not. A curveball here. Oh. That's wow. Well, yeah, I, I did not see the char- the Chargers being locked in coming. Um, yeah, uh, the Chargers also have injury issues uh, as well as all their inconsistent play. They lost their center, Mike Pouncey, for the year, uh, which might be a real big deal. Um, they're trying to get Melvin Ingram back uh, in, on defense. They're trying to get Hunter Henry back uh, at tight end, but uh, neither one is guaranteed to, to play much tomorrow. Um uh, this has really been a season of the of the Clippers finding ways to lose. Of course, I'm very uh, sensitive to it because of the uh, the lock that I had with them against Detroit, where they used their punter as the place kicker and could have won that game <laughs> if the if they had an actual real kicker. Oh. Uh, but but that's just one. That's just one example of them finding ways to lose and finding ways not to cover. They've done that several times this season. Uh, this would be probably the ultimate to to find a way to not cover against. Devlin Hodges. Um, I'm swayed by a couple of uh, minor details that may wind up being major. I'm swayed by the Pittsburgh defense has forced 12 turnovers this season already, and that seems to be their calling card is they're going to go out there and make plays and make stuff happen. Um, And I think they might find a way to to force Phillip Rivers into some, some mistakes and some turnovers. And I'm also swayed by this Devlin Hodges guy, believe it or not, is like the all-time leading passer in Division Two or something like that history. Um, he he's, he can throw a little bit to, to, to minor leaguers and to, to guys you never heard of, but he, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to come in and, and check down and throw for 120 yards. I think he's going to actually no. uh, come in and try to do something. So I'm going to actually take the Steelers at the points – uh, against the Chargers, and and uh, once again, crap on your lock. Do you remember I when? Would be your lock. Do you remember when Drew Brees broke the passing record and they gave him the the Kinko <laughs> sheet? That, you know, that's what Devlin Hodges got for being the number one passer in Division Two history. Good stat. I love this pick even more now. Uh, again, I'm under 500. I'm desperate. <laughs> All right, Monday night, NFC North actions, Lions and Packers. Let's see what you really do think of this. I was trying, I was trying to play along the two one and one Lions four point dogs at the four and one Packers. Yeah, Lions have been a tough out all year. I've highlighted that several times on this show. They hung in with the Chiefs uh, Monday night, Packers. I, I think that this feels like a Lions cover and a, a Packers close win. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Lions to uh, hang in tough in prime time. Lions don't get a lot of prime time love. This is a Monday night appearance for them. Uh, either ass clowns going to really show out and they're going to get the doors blown off 
or they're going to acquit themselves well, like I think they will, and they'll show that they're just, you know, not going to, you know, lie down for everybody like they have in years past. And maybe the Packers are here and for a tough division fight. So I'm going to take the Packers to win and Lions to cover. I'm going to get cute. Like you said, the Lions have been competing uh, on every level all year long and, and been very impressive. Um, can't really say that the, the Devontae Adams being out for this game is that big of a deal because of how many guys that Rodgers have been throwing to and making uh, big plays with. The bigger deal might be uh, the rookie uh, Savage, uh, Darnell Savage, uh, not being able to play in this game because Matthew Stafford has been lighting it up for the Lions and making some, some guys uh, – that you never heard of making them stars as well. So I'm going to concur and take the lions. And I think I'll even take them to the, win the game uh, by a very small margin. Should be, should be fun. Should be a real good game. That's a good Monday night game, a good matchup that we don't see a lot. That's usually like a Thanksgiving game. We don't get lions Packers in regular prime time very often. Nope. Last, the last huh? one I go back to was the hail Mary game on the Thursday night. <laughs> In Detroit, you remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Which is the last I think. Rogers had so many game Hail Mary had, games. So. Yeah, but that was that was that was a rough one. I remember because <laughs> I remember that was like one that like decided our pick. Yeah, and I had yeah, the Lions, obviously. Complete miracle, pulling right out of his ass. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely remember it. All right, into our after show part of our program. So the, another football party in the books. Yeah, we got about four picks done in about six minutes there at the end. Yeah, we thankfully ran into some picks. We didn't have to talk anything about them. Uh, we, Cowboys we spent way Jets, too much. I, I have no... We spent way too much time talking about the Redskins and the Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, interesting and fascinating for sort of macabre reasons. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. You know, Halloween week right. that would definitely be a highlight. There was a there were enough of those games. There's a lot of games on the schedule this year where you just got the, like the haves and the have-nots playing. And um, this is boy again. You know, remind me of the last time a team was a or an underdog at home to a team with no wins. Past week five. <laughs> I, Not I'm like it's very week hard two, for us to remember. You know. That. Yeah, right. it's not like it's week two and, you know, the Patriots lost in week one and now they're on the road, you know, at some garbage team. And, yeah, they're a big, you know, no, the, the Dolphins and the Redskins both have zero wins in week six and you're a home dog. You can't even get the cop out line. So you got the, the, the spread has moved to touchdown towards the Redskins and they have no wins. The, the other side of that same coin probably even more rare name the last team that fired a coach because they're winless and were favored the next game. Oh man. <laughs> it, 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 some shit we've never seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you've seen it all, the sports wouldn't be much fun to watch. So I, I guess you got to keep having, you know, new and crazy things keep happening. And this is this season is, is this is going to be all time for, for craziness. I, it's, you know, nothing's taken shape. Look, I don't want to make excuses for my sub 500 record, but I did say that before the year began. Like, I don't know what this feels like as wide open uh, as it gets, because there's some teams you, I, I just have. I, I knew I had no clue before the year even began on some of these teams. 
you know, a lot of these organizations. Good. I mean, there's there's plenty of teams out there. You expected the Patriots would be good, and the Chiefs would be good, and you, you know, Houston's good. You know, there, there's still teams that are that are good that you expected to be good, but you know, it's that it's that middle that right. is just those teams, those two win teams right now, those one win, two win teams, the ones that are just kind of springing up and punching people in the face. You just you just don't know when that's coming. Yeah, 0-4 picking Lions games. I didn't expect them to be good. I promise you that. Well, just because you're picking their games doesn't mean that you're picking against them necessarily every week. Yeah, but a team that's got, uh, you know, two wins, one loss, and and, and one tie. Uh, yeah. So they're not they're not under 500. They're they're competing, and I just I can't get it together. I can't when they're surprised, and I want to pick it against them, and then. Uh, when they should have uh, competed and won and covered against the the, the Cardinals in the, in Week One and had a commanding lead and wound up letting them come all the way back for that tie, um, that, that's the one that we both lost and should not have lost because they they should have won that one easily. Yeah, they had that game easily in hand, but then you look at the teams that they've competed against and it's the Chiefs and the Chargers. I mean, yeah. They, they, they've Eagles. They, they have beaten or competed against really good teams. The Lions have not played the the, the cream puff Patriots schedule, and <laughs> right. and they're right there. I mean, yeah, but then that week one game. You know, but how much do we discount week one for just being preseason week five now? Yeah, I know. But but that game specifically, really, I well, remember how bad it. Oh man, yeah. That, because that was they like had, if you had money, they were yeah, if you had money on that, that's bad beat territory right there. Yeah, no kidding. They they were killing the, the Cardinals and. Or if you had them on the money line and you eat the push. Ooh. Oh man. <laughs> uh, so either way, that was just bad, 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 and I think that's the taste that's been sort of left in our mouths about the Lions. I've been trying to be more subjective about them. You know my. My moment was when I took them as the home dog against the Chiefs, which I thought was a little gutsy, um, and they almost won that game. Yeah, I'm, I'm back on the pick watch site trying to find my lifetime uh, best and worst, and, and for this season, best and worst. Uh, seems like that's something that they took down or or – uh, they, I, I know I had it last year. Where I could see all my teams, uh, what what my record was against all of them, but uh, can't see that at the moment. But yeah, I got the those bottom fives that I told you about for for uh, for consistency's sake. I should talk about the uh, the top five, the five that I'm doing the best picking. I am three and zero picking Jets games. Oh, and I feel okay. like that's I feel like that's unfair because it's the Jets. So I'm just picking against a terrible team and a terrible quarterback. So I, I don't even feel good about that. I'm also three and one picking against the Dolphins, and that is the worst team maybe of all time. So <laughs> of course I <laughs> of course I should feel. Okay. So I'm just picking on. That's the only wins I'm getting is apparently picking on really bad teams. I'm uh, three and two picking the, the Titans. The Patriots and the Rams and three and two isn't even think about how bad my season has been the fact that I got one team I'm picking three and oh and another team I'm picking three and one and then after that I'm three and two or worse with all other 
all 30, the rest of the teams that are left. Because three and two isn't anything to, to brag about, but I can't do any better than that unless it's the Dolphins or the Jets. So it's 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 a it's an ugly uh, start to the season for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. That's pretty tough. I'm looking here to see uh, what it says, and I'm trying to factor in the uh, that I missed a week. So I'm trying to you know add in what I what I missed out on for that one week. So basically, so uh, I've got three, I've got three teams this year that I am four and one with, uh, wow. uh, the bears I am four and <laughs> one with, which is totally the opposite of where you are. Yeah. I am, I am four and one with the Buffalo bills, uh, just like the Buffalo bills themselves. And I, it, this is amazing to me. I'm four and one with the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> You got a key on Murga. How how do you have a key so. on Murga? So my three best teams are the Bears, the Bills, and the Raiders, which is crazy. I am 0 and 5. 0 and 5 oh. with the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Oh my. Wow. That is my and only that's... winless uh team so far and you locked in against them this week so you should really be frightened of that i well you know what i'm 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 one in four with the chargers so something's (laughs) got to give or you continue to not have a clue correct so if you're gonna if you're gonna be worried about locking in it's a team that you suck with do it with another team you suck almost (laughs) as bad with how's that for Uh, you that, that, that's that's one way of looking at it. That's, that's some logic. That's one and nine between those Ooh. two. <laughs> we we pick them all, and you really shouldn't want to pick that one because yeah. That's... I'm looking at my only my only loss this season with the Bears was the opener on that Thursday night. Huh. I've so I lost the very first pick when the Packers went in there and beat them on that Thursday night, and I'm four and zero with the Bears or against the Bears since. Yeah, I've got my lifetime picks on here as well uh, because of the yeah you've been doing this for longer yeah their last year now I don't believe I was I don't believe I made picks for week one last year but after that I, I had made all my picks so this is pretty representative it's, it's all of last year and then the the five weeks so far this year my best teams. Last year and this year combined. Ironically, my best is the Raiders at fifteen and five with a with a tie. There you go. And then the Bengals and uh, the Bengals at fifteen and six. The Jets at thirteen and six. And then the Saints at fourteen and seven. And the Colts at fifteen and seven. My worst teams, uh, counting last year and this year. The Redskins at seven and fourteen. I think I've been giving them much more credit than they deserve over the or over the last year or so. The Lions at seven and twelve, and the Cardinals same record seven and twelve. The Bears at nine and twelve, and the Dolphins at nine and eleven. So the streak that I'm on with the Dolphins this year, uh, where I'm uh, yeah. four and one, that's making a uh, three and one. That's making up for last year when, let's see, if you take the three and one away, that means last year picking Dolphins games, I was six and 10. Yes, that's not good. Yeah. So I, well, I also, 
also yeah. did not add in the loss last week. I am also 0-5 with the Panthers. Oh. Another yeah, the Panthers are they're hard to figure out. They're, they're, they're they are hard to figure out. Yeah. Come in and actually done some things. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so missing last week kind of hurt because it's my number is a little skewed, but I know who I won and lost with last week, so I'm able to at least look at that. But according to them, they don't have – I also forgot to get my pick in here on Thursday night, so I should have that Patriots win um, yeah. already on the board, but I don't. So I'm trying to trying to work my way back to 500 here. It'd be nice to get there. The you know yeah. the it's the line we always aspire to. Yeah, you know, get get into expert territory. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough dig, at least for me, because like I said, some of these teams, I just I don't I have no idea. I don't know what the Titans are. I, I how am I supposed to pick them every week? I I, I really don't know. Um, and yeah, I, I really looked at the Titans this week as more, you know, they, they, they are so similar to their counterparts in Jacksonville that they are the same model, you know, well, at least in years past, they have been play defense, run the ball, don't screw things up. You know, that, that travels. All right. Play a little defense, ball Hawk, pressure the quarterback. It's a very, very steady team. The Titans are, I, the Titans don't seem to, they don't get too high. They don't get too low. So I know we say that they're hard to figure out, but I, I actually think that they're just they're just so boring and bland. But you always know what you're going to get. They're very they're very reliable football team. I, I suppose uh, they're reliable on that under. I know that much. I said that at the beginning of the year. <laughs> Bet that under. Yeah, that that the Bills and the Titans should yeah. be. And they played each other last week and combined for a whopping twenty one. <laughs> Probably the easiest bet all week, and I, and I didn't, I didn't put any money down on that. Um, yeah, I, and I was so angry at uh, the Chiefs last last Sunday night uh, finding a way to lose to the Colts because I actually put in my game notes for the Colts game uh, when they beat, uh, I believe it was the Titans, um, the week before that I sat there and watched that whole game because that's of course the game in my market down here in, in yeah. Memphis, Tennessee. And I actually observed what the Colts have going for them and what makes them tough, which is even with the quarterback retiring, they still have a, a an offensive line that really gets after you, especially in run blocking. They are tough and, and they're angry uh, in run blocking, and they get out and they move their ass uh, and they get downfield and, and block for you. And that Marlon Mack is going to go to the Pro Bowl this year because of of that offensive line for the Colts. So they're, they're going to be tough uh, going forward the rest of the year, just, just on the basis of they can control the clock and and run the football. Um, And that's, it it makes you even more almost sad for Andrew Luck retiring because that team was set up around him to succeed. They put a, a good offensive line around him. They put protection around him. They put a running game around him. Uh, They got, you know, T.Y. Hilton is a great weapon. They don't have a whole lot of other uh, downfield threats, but they set up a t- the team to sort of compensate for that by being a, a, a clock-controlling, uh, ground-based almost offense. Uh, so they were set to compete as best they could for Andrew Luck and with Andrew Luck even uh, uh, before he was a, uh, before he had to call it quits and retire. Um, and what's left around Jacoby Brissett, as it turns out, is the shell of a, a competing team, not a, a great team, not a, a AFC title 
contending team or anything like that, but still a contender, a, a solid uh, team. The organization built a, a solid team uh, in Indianapolis, and that's what's still left behind. And that's why they're going to compete probably uh, harder than most people thought they would when the season began. I know we both picked them last in that division. Yeah, and they, well, I thought they weren't going to come back from the Andrew Luck thing, but man, you get to talk about getting a signature win. I mean, Jake Brisket's got more signature wins than uh, Kirk Cousins already. I saw that one coming. As soon as you started that, I knew you were going to take a shot at Cousins. I had I saw to. that coming. <laughs> that's your that's your whipping boy. That's your guy. He's bad, oh, man. You know, Mike McCarthy's <laughs> not around anymore. I got to move that target. No, but I believe Kirk Cousins you. was my least valuable player last year. <laughs> it is not just you. There's a lot of uh, cousins. I think I get more cousins hate on my Twitter timeline. Just uh, cast every now and then. Yeah. Football fan rush radio uh, will will retweet somebody saying something about cousins or retweet a meme or something like that. She she's really got it out for him. Being oh a Vikings man! Fan. Uh, one of the one of the girls right that works in our office at my work. Uh, is a Vikings fan. Every once in a while, I walk up there and go, "Oh, is that uh, uh, is that eighty-four million uh, looking right now?" Oh man, you should you want to get the death glare? Start talking about <laughs> Kirk Cousins, you know? I see a colored your hair purple. Where's your Cousins jersey? Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not good. Well, first of all, you shouldn't be a Vikings fan in Wisconsin. Don't expect things to go well. That's uh, that's funny. Uh, the 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 woman that you call the dude that I was seeing in Minnesota, <laughs> she she was a Packers fan in so Minnesota. She was, so she was a Packers fan in Minnesota. So that's the 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 reverse ah, there. Yeah. But you but you guys are so close. There's, you know, neighboring states like that. I don't think you it's, know. It's uh, funny. I'm closer to I'm closer to the Twin Cities. I'm closer to Minnesota than I am a lot of places in Wisconsin. Right. So and, and, yeah, I mean, it's a three-hour, barely a three-hour drive to the, the Twin Cities from where I'm at. Yeah, it takes me longer to drive to Milwaukee. Uh, it only takes me about an hour less to drive to Green Bay. Yeah, I'm sure anyone else uh, living in uh, places that are really close to other uh, NFL franchises, you see the same thing too. For example, in Chicago, despite it being such a huge Bears town, we see Packers stuff every now and then because it's Wisconsin. It's right there. It's, you know, two hours north of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my my kids went through a period. Our next door neighbor uh, is a Vikings fan. And my kids went through a period of a, oh, God, probably six months where every time they'd see her, they would just taunt her. (laughs) Why why do you? Why do you like the Vikings? <laughs> Are you a Vikings fan? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, but they're the little kids. So, you know, the cute yeah, factor can yeah. get away with a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but at that age, you're like, how could anyone living here be a fan of anyone yeah. other than the Packers? Yeah. Now, I wear my, I wear my Cubs stuff. I don't get a lot of crap um, for wearing Cubs stuff in Wisconsin. My daughter is, <laughs> my daughter walks to school every morning with a Cubs backpack. Yeah, that's you're in Brewers country. There's there's nothing to really brag about up there. Yeah, they, when you're yeah when you're when you're the state of the Brewers, nobody can really talk crap to you about anything, anyways. But you know, right. Packer fans have earned some rights. You know, that's a that's a very storied franchise. I mean, they call the damn place Title Town. You know, they've they've yeah. won enough championships that they've earned the right to give team people who root for other teams some crap. 
Brewers have not earned that right. No, not at all. Yeah. You know, and I can just pull out 2016 anytime I want now. Now, before that, the Brewers could pull out 19, I think, 80, but oh. it's almost like the White Sox title. Like, it, it didn't happen because it's like it's a Brewers <laughs> world title. Who the hell remembers that? That's true. That that's true. So, but yeah, no, there's not a lot of yeah, there's not a lot of animosity. I mean, you go to a Brewer Cubs game and it's seventy percent Cub fans in the stadium. So they're not always fighting like a Cubs Sox yeah. game. So and there's a lot. See, I've realized there's a lot more hate that goes from the Brewer fans towards the the Cubs than there is the from the Cubs towards the Brewers because the Cubs have much longer standing rivals. You know, there's there's way more hatred that the Cubs would have for the Cardinals or that the Cubs would have for the Mets or the Phillies, you know, the the Brewers have only been in the national league now since 98. So the Cubs have a hundred years of hatred to deal with (laughs) from these other teams where the Brewers are just, yeah, you know, the Brewers like that. You guys are cute. You guys are fun. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like the White Sox, Cubs, Cubs, White Sox fans, Cubs fans, you know, the White Sox fans, like not you, but while I White Sox fans just patiently, passionately hate the Cubs. And the Cubs fans are like, you guys are funny. I used to be one of those Sox fans that hated, you know, they hated the Cubs with a passion, but I just, I, I guess I grew it's up. Not, but. It's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's like, because nothing that your team is doing is going to have any effect on what the other team is doing across town. No, it's uh, it was more about the, the fans and not you, but yeah. the Cub fans that just annoyed the hell out of me because they would be so arrogant and act like they've done something and, uh, like really come on the, the cub fans i've always hated were the dumb cub fans the bleacher bums you know the the people right. who didn't know what the score was in the seventh inning and basically were just going there to be the broskies and drink and i i those were the the cub fans that i did but every team i'm sure has those well not the white Sox. they, they no, no. <laughs> they, they can't get 750 people on opening day <laughs> but it was cold yeah. like it, you know it was cold that day uh-huh. Yeah, that's and the Cubs had 38,000. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I and remember then... that one. That one was like, wow. That was, I mean, then the White Sox were all, um, you know, when, when they started with the ad campaign, you know, they put the billboard up by Wrigley, like, real baseball, 11 point something miles south. And you're just like, really, guys? Come on. <laughs> At the time, I loved that billboard. I was like, yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and the White Sox had their period of being – a sustainable franchise and they won a title that everybody forgot about conveniently. It never but happened. Apparently you didn't forget. Well, of course I didn't forget. Great, great night. As far as I'm concerned, they were coming up on 15 years since that happened here next year. Oh my God. It's been that long. Oh, it was Oh five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not Cause I just, that, that period of my life, as you know, was uh, very, Hectic and chaotic, yeah. and so I kind of it, it's all wrapped around the uh, the the the, the Carrie stuff and the uh, the grandma stuff, and not my grandma. Um, I get but, it. But all get that it. all that stuff was all around the same time frame, and then I met my wife like as, almost as soon as that all that drama ended. I met my wife, and and haven't had any other issues since because I just focused all on her and and. All the drama went away, but it, Which, at the time it was. Oof, it that was happened chaos. so long. That happened so long ago. The Astros were in the National League. 
<laughs> that's right, because that's who they beat in the World Series that didn't count. That didn't happen. Because it would have two Hall of Fame pitchers on the on the Astro side if it actually happened, and Roger Clemens and Andy Pettit, except they're not going to be in the Hall of Fame either. So that didn't happen. <laughs> None of it happened. Everything that was during that time period was illegitimate. The entire World Series just completely canceled. Yeah, <sighs> that's just crazy. Well, I think uh, you got anything else tonight for me, or no? I think that's about it. Um, yeah, I'm just so yes. disillusioned still, from my season so yeah. far. I'm just like I, you know, it can always turn around. You know, you just need one of those ten and four weeks or nine and five weeks to kind of pull you out of it. And, or you know, I need to. The harder part of it is I know because I've been dealing with this the last few years or those years where you dig yourself the hole and then you're just chip, chip, chipping away trying to get back to 500. Yeah. You leave nothing left but come playoff time, but, you know, I'm only two games up on you. I don't have a lot to brag about. I mean, I I can brag about the fact that I'm ahead of you for the first time in forever, but (laughs) that I'm not 14 games behind you with my late season strategy already waiting to take shape. Maybe I just need to refocus and come with a, a new strategy and and focus on what I think I'm the I'm best at so far this year, which is let me go back on on covers dot com and look at what the actual number is for uh, let's see uh, forty one Titans at Broncos over under forty one slam under. that under slam it long on oh, the yeah. unders. This is this is if either if either team gets to twenty, I'll I'll die I'll, I'll shit my pants. I mean <laughs> that's not going to happen. This has got seventeen thirteen or you know fourteen sixteen. This has got that deal. You know, Twelve nine is written all over this game. And wait till the Bills come back off of bye next week and start slamming those unders too. I, I think yeah, that's... Bills next week hosts the Dolphins. Oh my God. That number might be like 35. I'm not even shitting. Yeah, but here's the point. 34 to nothing is <laughs> under. <laughs> I, I don't know hey, if the man. Bills have it in them to beat anybody by 34. It's not the way. It, it's the Dolphins, Jason. I know. The second half, the Dolphins just completely quit. It doesn't matter who yep. is on the field. The Bills will they win that game 16 to 3. <laughs> And what will probably be like a 3-3 game at halftime or, you know, or in the third quarter. And then, and then they'll, that, they'll, that, yeah. They'll barely cover that 12 and a half point spread. <laughs> I, right now, just so you know, the future line on that is already 17. Oh, for the, for the Bills? Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, the Bills. That's a lot. I know that's a lot. <laughs> It's not for any team in the NFL. But how, how do you cover Buffalo. 17 if you can't score 17? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Isn't that an old adage here at IMLD? Yes. You, yes, it you is. can't cover 10 if you can't score 10. Well, and it's worked for us many times. <laughs> it has. But we'll uh, see. That, so yeah, that, we'll... These lines a week out, I don't want to look at the lines for next week. But I saw right. that one as I was scrolling down to my picks on Pick Watch. I was like, a 17? What's that game? Oh, my God, the Bills are giving 17? <laughs> that is amazing. That, that's hard to imagine. Watch it happen. 
Yeah, it's, it's worked for us a lot, and we'll get to discuss it all next week and, and dig all into it, and we'll probably have another five-minute conversation uh, about it. About the Dolphins. It, it must stop. The Dolphins' madness <laughs> on this show must stop. But it, it's a, it's compelling. It's, it, it is a – We've never seen anything like this. This is true. just – we thought we thought Murgo was something last year, but right. they're, they're, this is they're next level. Like the Raiders this, are trying. This tank is like nothing we've ever seen in, in the in the sport. This is this is awful. They took they took like the top six guys talent wise on that team on the team that was destined to suck before the season started. They took the yeah. stock, the top six guys off and and got rid of them. And they're like, just in case we might be decent, just in case, we're going to get rid of all of you guys, too. And the, the guys that are left behind, are just, you can just tell. Like, they, they come out and they try and they want to yeah. be professional and they and they want to show what they got, especially Josh Rosen wants to show, you know, that, I'm, hey, I'm, not, I'm no loser. I'm not trying to go 0-16 here. By the second half, they're just like, oh, fuck this yeah. shit. Man. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they, they'll, they'll call the uh, – when they make the DVD for the season – you know, <laughs> the 2019 Miami Dolphins left retried. behind. That's what it'll be called. It'll be called left behind. <laughs> the leftovers. <laughs> I don't know if John Facinda has a son oh, that does the announcing, but they need to hire him for that footage. And break out the isn't music. He, rah, rah, he, rah, oh, yeah. Rah, rah. And it'll be called the leftovers or left behind because that, that's just truly what these guys feel like. Yes. On on this on this Dolphins team, you know, the, they're it's almost like we didn't want you, so we kept you. We thought you gave us the best ago, chance to tank. <laughs> you remember a few so seasons ago you. with the with the Bills when we made the major league reference? Yeah, but they're trying to lose and they kept winning and. and... <laughs> The owner didn't want. The owner's like, "No, stop winning." This is not what's happening in Miami. Because I mean, the Bills, the Bills a few years ago were like, it was that was almost as crazy watching a team trying to tank go to the playoffs. Yeah, like I the think... worst playoff team in history was that Buffalo team two three seasons ago because we were already at the midpoint of the season comparing them to the team in Major League that was, you know, supposed to be so bad and lose all their games, but they just somehow found ways to win that they shouldn't. Oh, man. And and the, this year, I, I can't think of an analogy for this for this Dolphins team. This is next-level stuff. Never seen anything like it. Did John Gruden uh, hold on to Nathan Peterman? Is he still uh, in love with him? Did he put him on? I, I thought Nathan Peterman's on IR. Oh, he's, he got hurt. Okay. I think he got hurt, so I think he's – technically still on the team or maybe he just got straight up stone cold cut i don't know but because that's if if the dolphins show any signs of competing i think that's the the coup de gras if you they really want to nail yeah if you really want to nail yeah. a tank you go pick up nathan peterman start him yeah. over josh allen and then if it gets to be a couple of weeks to go in the season they'll sign that kicker from the texans that was shanking them when the Texans were trying to tank for the Owens thing. Was that Chris Brown? What was his name Josh Brown or something like that? I think it was either Josh. I think it was Chris Brown was the kicker. Oh. But it was a Brown. <laughs> oh, I remember him now. K, uh, Chris I, with a K. Yeah, I, yes. I remember that. 
Chris with a K, and I remember that kick that he had that would have won them the game and blown the number one pick. And the ball started straight towards the uprights and then literally turned 90 degrees in a dome. It was, it was Wherever they were playing, it was not outdoors. And that ball went straight up like it was straight and true, and this is a great field goal. And it looked like the ball hit a wall halfway and just careened off to the right and went almost like into the stands. He shanked that so bad. For baseball fans, you remember the Jeff Nelson slider and how much crazy break that – it looked like that. <laughs> just complete like left turn signal gone. Yeah, like you literally heard it in midair go, whoop, whoop. Over on the other way, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that got them Mario Williams. Because <laughs> that was supposed to be the Reggie Bush tank. Yes, I was shocked that morning when I heard that, that Mario Williams was drafted over Reggie Bush. Like I thought that was... Through, yeah, you, you went through all of that, and, uh, and that's what you're taking. For, for oh, Mario oh. Williams. Okay. Okay. Good old Charlie Casserly, yeah. Ah, so another... Trip uh, another kings of non sequiturs. We go off into the uh, Houston Texans draft history. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything uh, left tonight. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's all out there. We, live, we always leave it all out on the field. Uh, the only thing I had was to count up our, our head to head games tomorrow, and that is a big seven that we're going oh, against okay. each other. It will be uh, one of those Sundays where you look at a crazy result and you immediately run and check. Is it, did Jason have the, the Oh, motherfucker. Yeah, how did he get that? Oh. Uh, I'm, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm already you ready. We just, you love it or hate it when we disagree on a lot of games and you kind of forget all the games that we disagreed on. Yeah, there's uh, the one that is a crazy result and I had no idea that the team was going to come uh, compete and, and win a game and then I think wait did, did Jason actually call that you cocksucker so there's that and then there's also the one where it is a upset and somebody competes that wasn't supposed to and I have it and I'm excited and I'm like fuck yeah I had that one and then I go oh Jason actually agreed with it son of a bitch <laughs> I can I can only imagine you with me and you talked about it enough of me with those Raiders last week man that really got under your skin it wasn't. It wasn't even about you. That was about. Oh. I, I, that was about Chicago's defense. Think about what the Bears' defense had done in every game this year, and how otherworldly dominant that they looked. And then Murga just puts it on them. Like really, of all teams, you're gonna bow down and lay down like like dogs in the road to Derek Carr and Murga. That oh. That that that's what Steam's mean. Like, really? Come on, guys. Yeah, I can only imagine Renard's feed. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I can imagine their show uh, uh, on tomorrow, um, which they uh, trying to remember what time their show starts. I think it's usually ten in the morning. Is uh, for yeah. football fan rush radio. Uh, might want to tune in for that one, folks. If you like to hear some some venting, you got some. So you got a real Chicago Bears fan and Renard on that show, and he, I'm sure, is going to have something to say, uh, even in the bye week. So yeah, I'm looking at I liked, our. I, I liked when the because they're very focused on the NFC uh, North, and yeah. I liked when the uh, Lions almost beat the Chiefs. And he posts on his Twitter like, "Well, nobody saw that coming," and I just replied back, "I did." 
<laughs> yes, you did. Hey, well, you know, you don't say nobody. Somebody <laughs> had it. I had it. So I'm all looking right. at our schedule. I'm trying to see oh. who, who game is going to uh, be the one where I pull a win out that I don't expect to and then get pissed because I look over and see that you actually had that picked as well. Um, let's see. That's going to wind up being uh, looks like Monday night when, when the Lions knock off the Packers and I get excited about oh. that. Oh, you, you had get all Lions excited too. about pulling that upset on Monday night and there I am sitting right there with you. Yep. So I'm, so I'm already calling that one. All right. Okay. So everybody enjoy your football Sunday tomorrow. We will be back next weekend with another football party, recapping week six and getting into our picks for week seven as the season rolls on. Um, any final thoughts or last words? No, I just good luck with that white mouse game. I, you're going to have to lead with that next weekend. <sighs> I mean, I don't say I didn't warn you. You you did eighty percent. I, I got it. Yeah, I mean this, you know if that 20, game's I'm over. I'm if that game's over, I'm like either sending you on Twitter or I'm texting you that clip. I'm I'm literally sending you the white <laughs> mouse when the Eagles win that game. Oh, I asked for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you live by the cousins, man. You're gonna die by the cousins. Captain Gray. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy your football tomorrow. Bet that Titans Broncos under with all your might. And we will be back next weekend for week seven in the NFL. Talk to you then. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.